Happy New Year and welcome to the first CSP of 2018. It's our best of end year awards. But before the show starts, let me just tell you about a few things because we don't really plug them on the show. So might as well do it now. Um, you can follow us all on Twitter. Uh, first of all, at ChairShotPod for, you know, episode releases, artworks and so on. Uh, you can also follow us individually at Paul Griffin CSP, at The Barry Lad and at Griff Tannen. Uh, also throw us a like on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash chairshotpodcast. You can also go to youtube.com slash chairshotpodcast. Have a look at old clips and full episodes on there. Video uh, episodes as well. And uh, we are, of course, on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. So if you subscribe to us on there, please leave a review. Five stars, preferably six stars. If you forgot the Dave Meltzer access. Um, basically just share enjoy the show you know all that all that stuff um so yeah enjoy uh email us if you wanted to send us an email just go to chairshoppodcast.com that's your home for everything csp scroll down to the home page you'll see the email form there or we do have a direct link i think it's chairshoppodcast.com slash email if you go there you'll be able to email us as well uh and then lastly we do have a full episode archive on there if you go to chairshoppodcast.com Click the all link in the top left-hand corner and you'll be able to find all the old episodes on there as well. So, enjoy, and uh, then we'll see you next week. All right, bye. Fine folks listening to this Chair Shop podcast. We are back. It's Sunday night. You're hopefully listening to this maybe on your commute to work on Monday morning or whatever it is you're listening to it. We're back. Myself, your host, Barry Murphy, joined as always by my ever dependable Paul <coughs> God bless Paul Griffin. Oh, Paul Sneezy Griffin. Paul Sneezeball Griffin. Excuse me. Uh, and also with me, Mr. Joe Towner. Achoo! There we go. I can't tell if Paul's second one there was real or a work, brother. Work, work, work in your brother. I think it might be, yeah. Uh, so we're back. It's It's been a few weeks. We It's been a few weeks since we've had a regular show. We had our um, Jingle All The Way commentary track. Uh, which, which went down huge, by the way. D- did it? Yeah, it did good numbers. That's good. Uh, yeah, That's good. Broke, there, uh, there were there were two two things in the last few months that did really good numbers on the site were the um the being the elite review and the jingle all the way commentary. Well, I I had a number of people tell me that they very much enjoyed the OTT review, so I think there's probably a sect of people who maybe wouldn't listen to this show but are maybe a little bit hungry for more kind of OTT coverage in general. Um, so I think that's maybe something worth. Uh, Keeping keeping an eye on, but yeah, the commentary track, yeah. So so yeah, it seems like both of those were uh, were well received. So maybe you know, New Year, we'll 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 keep an eye on the whole. Maybe we'll, we can figure out something else for a commentary track, and certainly there'll be more OTT coverage. Um, Somebody uh, on Twitter suggested that we do Jingle All the Way Two next year. Oh, oh. it's like I, yeah. I want to enjoy oh. Christmas. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I think a lot of the fun with with commentaries like that is maybe that you don't enjoy it, but we can mm, we can maybe. see. Um, 
so so thanks everyone for the feedback on the various holiday specials and different things we've done over the last few weeks. We greatly appreciate it. We hope you've all had a very nice and safe uh, festive season and a new year as well. Safe Christmas and all that jazz. Uh, what about you, lads? We haven't really had a proper chat since um, uh, since the last few uh, shows. Uh, Paul, what was the what was the holiday season like for yourself? Holiday season very good, very uh, video game intensive. I would say yes. Less yeah. less so movies. Kind of, I kind of been watching a lot, lot of TV, and a lot of uh, video games. Not so, not so much movies, as I said. Mm. Well, that's good. Uh, obviously, we'll have you know movie guff game of all all the usual guffs coming up later. I'm like you. I used them, my time off was a lot of catching up on video games. Yeah. Uh, and last week or so, I've caught up on a lot of movies. Um, I have a couple in the chamber for the next few days. Uh, you know, just dusting off the 2017, uh, uh, you know, the top, the top drawer stuff from the, um, from the year. Uh, so, so I've watched some good films lately and, uh, I've got some more to watch and, and obviously tipping away on the old video games as well. Joe Towney Towner, what did you do over uh, your break? Oh, it was okay. Um, I was working for a couple of days in the middle of, uh, Christmas and New Year, which kind of makes it weird. Because uh, you don't have that long stretch, kind of back in the office. Um, yeah, it was good. You know, saw family and that. Uh, went out with friends and all that, and then uh, watched a lot of movies. Really, that was good. Seems like we'll have a, a bumper show of of guffs here uh, with everything yeah. we caught up on over the over the Christmas. I, I didn't do much else. Pretty much just like your, yourself. Let's so you know went home to the family. So you know I went out to the girlfriend's family and and all this other stuff. You know back back to work now. Um, still still not um, you know I feel like the sleep pattern is like still slightly off from the uh, uh, the festive break. Gotta try and maybe get an early night after this after this fine show tonight. Uh, mm. But yeah, it was, it was solid. I think we all had we all had solid holiday breaks. I got some good gifts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, got a lovely Empire Strikes Back poster for the wall. I saw that. Uh, Ooh, bit jealous. I, bit jealous of it. It's it's pretty dang cool because I was I wanted one, and then she said like months and months ago, and she's like, "Oh well, I was going to get you one for Christmas." Like, okay, well, I I'll, I I won't get it, and I couldn't find the one I wanted. I couldn't find. Like the classic, the like the theatrical poster that most people would mm. know, and somehow she found it. I don't even know what site or where she went to get it, but oh, my favorite thing. Um, so yeah, and I got some some movies and 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 whatnot. So yeah, it was it was good. It was good, you know. Uh, so we got we got tons of stuff to jump in here. What we're gonna do here, folks? We have got we've got a great show lined up, right? Let me tell you. <laughs> right? We got oh, don't don't turn that dial. Like get your get your fingers off it, right? Um, New Year's resolution for all of you, right? Listen to the whole show. Um, we've got emails. We've got awards for wrestling and not for wrestling, right? We've got guffs. We've got emails. We've got predictions, right? So I think what we had discussed just before we came on air there was what we're going to do is we're going to kick things off with a look at last year's predictions okay uh all of us in in the first show of 2017 i believe it was we we came up with some categories some questions and we and and we went around the uh uh went around the room quote-unquote room and we um uh gave our predictions so i'm going to jump back in here it's quite a lengthy list i can't remember some of these answers so we're going to work together as a team to figure these out um 
So here we go. Cheshire Podcast 2017 predictions. Question number one I asked Paul and Joe was who will win the Royal Rumble? Ooh. Okay. Oh my god, I can't wait to hear some of these answers. Oh, I'm I, trembling. I, well, just in general, from looking down the list, we should all be trembling. <laughs> um, I believe it. Including this first one, I, your boy at the Barry Lad, I said The Undertaker. <laughs> uh, Paul Griffin also said The Undertaker. Oh, God, what was I thinking? And Joe Towney Towner said Samoa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> So not a not a not a looker in the bunch there. No, uh, he, I think me and Paul were going for the whole Roman Reigns angle uh, yeah. for him and Taker because it was it was pretty much confirmed by the time we did this show that that was that was what they were going to do. But a big fat goose egg for all of us on that one. Uh, the eventual winner. Here's a bit of trivia that most of you probably don't know or remember. It was Randy Orton who eventually won that, oh. setting up the the famed Wyatt match at WrestleMania. So there was that. Um, Name okay, so question number two I asked was name one surprise entrant uh, who was not already confirmed. I guessed Finn Balor, which was not correct. I'm fairly sure. No, he was still injured. Right? Um, Joe said Kenny Omega. <laughs> Could that happen? <laughs> and Paul said Samoa Joe. Which I believe also did not happen. No, he debuted shortly after, I think, didn't he? Yeah. So, a big fat goose egg again for for that. Question number three. Will WWE UK become a weekly series? Yeah, just Samoa Samo Joe, by the way, debuted, I think it was the night after the Royal Rumble. All right, you don't get any points, though. So close, sorry. though. No. So close and yet so far, far enough away that close you only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Monsoon. <laughs> there you go, classic R.I.P. to the big man. Um, yeah, Jesse Ventura, he's still alive. Anyway, Jesse Ventura is still alive. Monsoon is Ooh, conspiracy theory. Today we're gonna find out if I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so the answers to the question of will WWE UK become a weekly series? I, with my big giant brain, said yes. Uh, Joe and Paul both said no. So Joe and Paul get a point there for that. Yes. Universe brain. We're on the score. Uh, I believe I... I believe they taped one special after the original thing and nothing ever happened after that. So Mm. that's a big fat nothing. And also, they advertised them for like some 205 live shows, but that was just while they were in the UK. It seems like very little has come of that in hindsight. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Tangentially, uh, onto that question. Question number four was: Will ITV renew World of Sport? Barry said no. All right, one point for Barry. One point for me. Joe said yes. Ah. And Paul also said no. Okay, Paul takes the lead. So Paul's on two. The, the rest of us are on one. Yeah. Uh, ITV, of course. I don't know what the I don't know if it's officially even done away with, but all the wrestlers are like making jokes and signing deals elsewhere. So it seems like they do not give a, a, a shite about that. Yeah. Question number five here. Let me see that. 
I just noticed I've numbered all the questions wrong because I just didn't put a number on that one. Uh, question number five. Does Daniel Bryan wrestle at WrestleMania? Which uh, which was... Um, uh, the, the, which is still like a question I could ask you guys for this for this year. <laughs> we'll do that one again. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll read you that. Uh, and it was a universal. Barry, Joe, Paul gave that the no. Okay, I'll I'll correct. So we were all right on that one. Um, let's see here, you're taking note of the scores, you're Paul. Yeah, I'm 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 writing them down. Probably should have probably should have asked that earlier, but <laughs> I got it. Uh, I'm just correctly numbering these other entries here, which have been sitting incorrect in my notes for a year. Uh, let me see here. Question number six. This one I thought was fairly straightforward. Who faces Undertaker at WrestleMania? I said Roman Reigns. Bing. Joe said AJ Styles. <sighs> Great. Would it have been? I don't know if that would have been great. Um, and Paul said John Cena. Oh well, Barry's right. Fuck it. Fuck it. And uh, Barry also, I know, not to spoil it for listeners. Barry has a, a correct coming up because I think it was confirmed like the next day or something. Again, anyway, go on. I believe it was on air. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was during the show. Oh man, anyway. it's right. It's this next one, which because I remember I freaked out on air because they. WWE's Twitter tweeted it out like while we were recording. Uh, predict the 2017 Hall of Fame headliner. Uh, uh, yeah. I said Kurt Angle and was immediately vindicated. Uh, said, what do we say? Joe said Joe said Goldberg and Paul said DDP. Who DDP was inducted to be fair, um, but he was not the headliner. No, so so, was, so that's one for me. Uh, so. Uh, I actually cannot remember the answers to this question, so we're going to work together like a team on this. Uh, Wait, did you not write who, down the answers? No, what the fuck? Who do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> just, just when you think you've got the questions, Barry changes the answers. Uh, uh, also, we may need to... Um, actually, no, never mind. So I asked, who debuts on the Raw after WrestleMania? And I asked you for two. Okay. Uh, I... <laughs> here's here's a time capsule of an answer. I said the authors of pain, which is fine, that's incorrect, and Emmalina. <laughs> Emma's Emma's sexy girl gimmick. <laughs> okay. Uh Joe mm. said the revival, which I believe was correct, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. one point. One point for him. And Pete Dunn. Okay. Who, who, that's nothing for that one. He was that. So, uh, Paul mm-hmm. said Shinsuke Nakarama. Who, who, Dave, Dave, <laughs> okay. Debuted on SmackDown. Never mind. That's yeah, that, so I was going to wonder, do you want to count that? Well, Joe's obviously going to say no. <laughs> no! We said Raw. Yeah, but now there's, there's two of them, though. So there's Raw and SmackDown. Maybe maybe, maybe for next year we will yeah. count Raw and okay. SmackDown. S- since the question says Raw, we'll say no. Yeah. And it's a shame because you would have got two points because also you had Ty Dillinger. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so I can so, I can complain if I lose by a point now. You can indeed. No. No. Uh, 
Question number nine. Will there be a draft this year? Uh, and I'm going to count Superstar Shake-Up as a draft because it was more or less, that's what it was. They swapped. Yeah, basically. They really, really swapped a bunch of people, so we'll count yeah. that. Uh, yeah. All three of us said yes, so we get a point for that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Uh, okay. Um, so... For question 10, I said, name a big swap in the draft, as in one person going to each brand. Mm-hmm. I said Corbin to Raw and Sasha to SmackDown. Nothing no, for that. No points. Uh, Joe said Rollins to SmackDown, Corbin to Raw as well, which is also a big goose egg. Oh. Uh, Paul, interesting one here. Rollins to SmackDown, which was wrong. Cena to Raw, which... I'm not going to count because they call him a free agent. Yeah. Oh, getting shoved. <laughs> I think his only SmackDown appearance since then, though, was at Survivor Series when he was on the team for some reason. No, 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 no. He had a, he had a few months on on SmackDown. Oh yeah, he um, was with that Rusev feud for a month, and he was like, yeah, "Fuck so y'all, like, I'm out of here." Yeah. So so yeah, they they just threw their hands up with Cena halfway through the year, like ah, he goes wherever he wants. So that was that was silly. Um, he, he did go see. to Raw, though, even though he wasn't kind of. He he did, but I'm I'm, I'm I, I, the judge has to make a ruling here, which is me. okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, question eleven: uh, Does the cruiserweight division, as a segregated entity, survive 2017? Myself and Joe said no, so we get nothing. Paul said yes. Ding ding mm. ding! So Paul gets a point. The the cruiserweight division steams onward. Um. Uh, so this was a, a, a weird one because basically I had a question here. Who wins Money in the Bank? And we were unsure of what the situation would be with Money in the Bank uh, uh, at the time of that recording. So uh, we took I took a suggestion for each brand. I, Ari, said Balor for Raw and The Miz for SmackDown, which were both incorrect. Um, uh, let me see here. Joe said Strowman for Raw and Rollins for SmackDown, which was also both incorrect. And Paul said The Miz for SmackDown and Balor for Raw. That was completely incorrect. It was a, There was only one Corbin. Was SmackDown. Well, it was Corbin. It was for the oh. SmackDown main and Carmella for the women. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Number 13. Name one new main event champion on either brand. I said Sami Zayn. Nothing. Joe said Rusev. Nothing again. And Paul <sighs> said Braun Strowman. So we got nothing on that one. I think the only uh, new champion was Jinder, wasn't it? Uh, Jinder, and who the fuck could have predicted oh. that? <laughs> oh, and, and Bray Wyatt, but we, we don't talk about that one. Oh, yeah. We don't talk about that, and neither do they. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, miscellaneous predictions here. We all got to make some, some bonus predictions. Uh, Shane leaves. That was my prediction. That was wrong. Joe said Charlotte remains undefeated on pay-per-view. I have no fucking clue if that's true. No. No, I'm pretty sure. That, that was a storyline. She... And she lost against Bailey, yeah. Oh yeah, she lost, yeah, never mind. Uh so but Paul now I don't know what the rulings were here. Oh my, Paul has again. No, listen, Paul has two predictions here. Uh well they don't count. <laughs> well, just I don't know what they are, but we'll say the first one is the official one. The second one maybe was something I just said, throwing as a bonus. Okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, the first one was John Cena would equal the Flair record. Oh yeah, that happened. That happened. You get a point for that. And but the second one as well was Foley would be gone. Yeah, it also happened. <laughs> but I won't. I won't take a point for that one then. 
So to be fair, but yeah, give yourself one point for that. Uh, so yeah, what what were the final final scores there? Uh, so final score in third place, beating his score from last year is Joe with four. Mm. In second place with five, just one point ahead is Barry. Ooh. But your winner this year is your boy at Polygon CSP with six, which could have been eight or nine in fairness. <laughs> well, oh, oh yeah. We'll, sure. t- we'll take the win anyway with six. No, oh, that was pretty good, wasn't it? That's pretty good. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very happy about those worse. those two last ones. The Cena equaling the record and Fo- Foley being gone. I had a strong feeling about that one. Um, yeah. Well, Foley, Foley never lasts there, you know. Exactly. Well, that's so, why um, I made that prediction. We've got a stacked show here. So do we want to maybe do fresh predictions next week? That's, I think that's what we did last time is is you have to create the the list of questions for the predictions. So we'll do that next week. Okay, grand. I'll, I'll I'll study those old ones, see what I can maybe improve, and, and we'll come back to you. We'll do a couple of the same ones, because I think some of those are solid. We'll come back to it. I do love, um, the, uh, I do love the prediction game. In fairness, it's great. It, it is fun. It is fun. Uh, so let me see here. What do we want to do next? We've got tons of stuff to do. we got some mails. we got some goths. we got some awards. What do you fancy doing? Um, I, don't, I don't mind. Should we, should we do a few awards and then do emails and goth? All right, break it up. Sure. Uh, I'm going to take a look here. Um, we will save the entertainment awards for the appropriate sections. I think. I think that'd be the best thing to do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and we will kick off with a wrestling award, which is the feud and the worst feud of the year. Um, so for feud of the year basically any kind of feud or you know you can broaden it out a little bit to, to storyline uh of the year i think it's been an okay year mm-hmm. uh uh some you know some some strong stuff uh on the on the wwe side for change uh my feud of the year is going to be an honorable mention to kevin owens versus chris jericho um they had a perfect segment this year they had a seamus orton fair play to him <laughs> Uh, and an honorable mention to the Usos and the New Day. But my feud of the year is Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. Because they had all those great segments where Braun killed Roman Reigns a lot. <laughs> and good matches. And lots of great matches and star-making matches for Braun. Um, I thought I thought it was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, uh, uh, and they... Um, they felt like it felt like Raw was like somewhat not must watch, but like worth going out of your way to watch for a while. And I thought the pay per view matches really delivered. And all through the summer, they had brought and made events, and it felt like he was truly elevated as a big star. So fair play to him. Um, yeah, that was it. That was a a, a really strong uh, a feud, a rare strong WWE storyline. Uh, yeah. So what about you two? Um, my feud of the year, I. I, I it was close to doing Strowman Reigns, but because I primarily watch SmackDown, a lot of my stuff is, is very SmackDown-centric. Um, so I gave Feud of the Year to The Usos and The New Day. Hey, Big E, let's just keep it PG. You know what's good. Just don't get all rated R like your boy, Xavier Woods. So, talk about good matches. New Day and the Usos every time had the best match of the show. And that Hell in a Cell. Ooh! 
That's all I can say. That was my favorite feud of the year. Mm. Mm. Both teams came out of it looking even better, if that was possible. The Usos, yeah. I feel like, have finally got to that point where they are like one of the best tag teams around. Mm. What about you, Joe? Well, I have to caveat my awards by saying I have watched virtually no wrestling in the past 12 months. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, literally the least amount of wrestling I've watched since 2008 when I wasn't watching any uh, before I got back into it in, in 2009. Um, basically, I watched from Rumble to WrestleMania. And then after that, the only wrestling I watched was the women's tournament. So okay. <laughs> the, the, the final eight months of the year, very little. Um, so most of my awards are based on <laughs> the first quarter of the year, which, as we know, is the best quarter anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to give my feud of the year to a couple of British lads you might have heard of. Um, they've been wrestling all over the place uh, in WWE as well. And they are Tyler Bate and Mr. Pete Dunn. Ah, very nice. Who um, started the, their feud in WWE way back at the tournament in January. And apparently also had a cracking match on NXT not that long ago, which I, I will be checking out as soon as I get the network back. Do you think in 2018 that there will be any kind of uplift in the amount of wrestling you watch? You've kind of dipped out of it now for a while. Do you think you're ready yet to kind of... Maybe it, possibly. Watch a SmackDown we'll here see. and there, maybe. Although, to be fair, I, I watched um, Raw over the Christmas holiday. Stayed up for Raw one week. Mm. It's better than SmackDown. But it's very long. Ooh. But it is better. It's inarguably better than SmackDown. So... yeah. You can watch um, that week in WWE, whatever it's called, <laughs> where they just show for an hour. Here's the main bits you need to see. Yeah, I'm going to throw Now TV on and see. <laughs> we'll just watch whatever highlights show they've got. That'll be my... Yeah. Um, I do <laughs> kind of want to watch... Anyway. I do want to watch more, but I'm so kind of turned off by the main WWE products that I'm not going to pay for the network. Yeah. So yeah, that I means that I then that. can't watch you know NXT and the other kind of little bits and pieces. They do have on the network as well in. that um they do have on the network the the roundup shows as well. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they were good feuds. What about bad feuds? Bad feuds of the year. One thing I will say, just regarding um just on best feud. I was yeah. like thinking of like I was like what's a what's a good non WWE feud that I could do, and I was thinking like we watched a lot. Obviously, we saw a lot of OTT this year, and I watched a good bit of progress. And I have to say, a lot of indies not 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 bringing the goods from the storytelling department. Even OTT, I was trying to think of like how I enjoyed Devlin's ascension to the title. I was like, well, that's not really a feud. He didn't have a feud with anyone. He didn't feud with Mark Haskins, mm. you know. So yeah, you know, Indy's leaving a little bit to be desired. You know, Braun and Roman wanted to like kill each other. That was that was great. That's a feud. Know. That's a feud. Feud. So that that's probably worth noting. I do. Uh, I do have a. Feud? I do have a few OTT winners as well. But uh, anytime I have an OTT winner, I also put a WWE equivalent just to make it relevant. <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, I, don't, I don't think you need to. I don't think you need to put a caveat on your award. Well, I have. I I, I've done it already. So okay, fair enough. Um, so, uh, worst feud of the year. There were quite a few contenders for this one. Uh, honorable mention to Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton. Honorable mention to Jinder Mahal <laughs> versus Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> um, honorable mention to Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. 
who I can't believe didn't have a good feud, but they really didn't. Mm. Uh, but my winner uh, for this would be Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, yeah. For that abomination uh, of a uh, specifically the WrestleMania match, but also the House of Horrors. Well, when did they have the Haunted House match? Uh, the was that this year, last year. Or that was this, that was this year. It was early on. It was in was Battle, Battlegrounds, was it? I think so. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna have to change uh, some of my choices. Okay. <laughs> um, no, yeah. No, so it wasn't so, Battlegrounds. When was it? So yeah, that that feud was abysmal, and and like they killed Harper in the process of it. The, people thought he might get a, a, you know, he might get built up, and he might get the, um, uh, uh, the rub from the feud. But of course, it was Orton. Uh, you know, it's fucking Bray ended Cena's legendary 16th title reign after about four weeks, and then four weeks later, Bray was also beaten, never to be seen again in the main event division. Now he's wrestling Matt Hardy in a joke feud. Um, <laughs> just a completely abysmal year for that guy. Yeah, that that uh, match right. was a payback, by the way. The House of Hearts. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, a rough year for Bray. Very rough year for Bray, uh, and also for for Orton as well. Neither of them had a very good year. And he got there sick. You... He got sick for a few weeks as well. Yes, that's right. So and he, didn't, he like... didn't. He didn't get to fight Pumpkin Finn Balor. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Remember <laughs> that. Um. Yeah, so that's my that's my worst feud of the year. Right, um, I've again gone for a SmackDown feud. Although Randy Orton Bray Wyatt was mostly SmackDown, as I recall, but Wyatt got moved to Raw during it. Um, yes, yeah. I did go for one of the ones that again, one of the ones that Barry's mentioned. Um, Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura is my worst feud of the year. Um, because Shinsuke Nakamura just wasn't there for about half of it so most weeks he wouldn't even show up and Jinder Mahal cut some of the worst promos do, do you remember when he he, he did oh, all your Japanese people rock the same um, yeah. so it, it actually included uh, racism from an Indian man to a Japanese man um, that's progress isn't it and the matches suck <laughs> no progress is a UK um, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the matches sucked, so there was nothing good about it. And Shinsuke Nakamura came out of it looking weaker than before because this was his first like he was brought in as a superstar. His first title match was against a man who still has the stink of geek on him, and he lost twice to him and didn't win the title and lost the feud basically. So a very, very bad, harmful feud. And I think didn't even the Washington Post write about the the racist promo. So it, 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 <laughs> I think it said they wrote about how bad Shinsuke Nakamura's run has been. <laughs> Is that being a news? So Shinsuke Nakamura, Jinder Mahal's my worst feud of the year. Sucked. Alrighty, um, my worst feud of the year. I was going to give it to Roman Reigns versus Undertaker just because. I couldn't really remember any other really bad feuds and that one they had the whole thing about the yard and who was the real dog oh, in, the, yeah. in the yard and all that boring shite. But um, I'm going to change it to, to Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton because I forgot that the House of Horrors thing was this year. Oh, sorry, last year. So yeah, that, that feud was horrendous and culminated with a... Or didn't culminate, but included a 
terrible match at WrestleMania. Yeah, the WrestleMania match with the maggots on the ring. And Randy Orton lying under a fridge, which he could have easily thrown off of himself. Oh, yeah. Probably could have bench-pressed it. All right. There we go. So we can come back to the wrestling awards there momentarily. Uh, why don't we do a little bit of movie guff? Oh, God. Uh, Let me get my, my diary up here, see what movies I've even seen since we've last been on. It's you get your little di- I'll start while you get your little diary up. What day did we last do a podcast on? The, tw- the 20 around, I don't know. No, no, it wasn't. It was, <laughs> we did Jingle All The Way. We recorded on the 23rd. So it would have been the 17th was the last time. Yeah. So I've seen 10 movies since we've last podcasted. Um, All right. Do you want me to just quickly run through them? Uh, sure. Um, of old movies, first of all, I saw I watched Drive again uh, this last week. That movie's still spectacular. Um, great soundtrack. Great, great movie without the soundtrack. Looks great. Sounds great. Um, I watched Drunken Master for the first time with Jackie Chan. Mm. One of those old because Rush Hour was on some evening. We watched Rush Hour, and then I was kind of in the Jackie Chan mood i have drunken master on blu-ray so we stuck that on very good um so rush hour also a rewatch there rush hour great uh we watched jingle all the way obviously um and then we have new movies so i watched uh justice league oh with batman and that in it Um, (laughs) yeah yeah it's poor um again i i often feel with those movies whether it's uh batman v superman Man of Steel. I kind of a lot of the time I feel like they're they're more uninteresting than than really bad. Man of Steel especially is just super super dull. And Justice League, I kind of felt the same way. I it, it, it I didn't think it was horrible, but I I thought it was kind of for a movie that's supposed to be like the culmination of the DC universe. It it all felt very kind of filler. Um, so I went to five out of ten on that one. I I didn't hate it, but I didn't think it was mm. very good. Mm. Uh, I watched Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, which is the Netflix documentary about Jim Carrey and Andy Kaufman during the recording of, or the filming of Man on the Moon. I thought that was very good. Very weird. um, Which is kind of suitable for Andy Kaufman and Jim Carrey. Um, Kind of scary at some points as well, how how deep into the character kind of Jim Carrey got. Almost like Daniel Day-Lewis level. Really, really enjoyed that one. Uh, I watched The Snowman, the... um, Not the Christmas holiday walking in the air masterpiece. Uh, the uh, Michael Fassbender murder mystery. Uh, that film sucks. Oh, God. Oh, God. It sucked. Give that a 2 out of 10. Um, characters just come and go. The story doesn't really make a lick of sense. Um, very, very bad. Uh, and then to finish up, I watched uh, The Disaster Artist, which I didn't really enjoy. Um no, yeah, I, I, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot since I saw it. It's just, I just can't comprehend the level of of hype it got. I, I just, just feel like just it's thought... the the funny bits in it are the bits where James Franco does the room. But if you find those bits yeah. funny, just watch the room. Yeah, or like honestly, I feel like James Franco could have just spent a couple grand and made the room. Making those... No, not making the room. Oh. Just make that that five minutes before the credits where they do the the side by side. Yeah. 
and just put it on YouTube for a laugh. Like I, I feel like the rest of the film. The rest of film is like just very important. surface level, not very funny. No, yeah, it's just a very basic, not especially noteworthy version of the book. Like, like if if mm-hmm. like if you were interested in this film, you'll get infinitely more out of the book than you did this. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like they I, maybe I, even should have made it wackier and sillier. You know, like play up the character of Tommy Wiseau even more. Yes. Definitely, yeah. I, I, I think I liked it more than you, but I also just didn't, didn't love it. Yeah, so I went I went to five there as well. And then uh, lastly, uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, which yes, I, I okay. liked a lot. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Uh, Eight out of ten. Joe, Joe, you've seen that, have you? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I liked it quite a lot. I'm very curious to see it again, because I think it does have those problems, and obviously it has been extremely divisive. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I really, really liked it, and, and I, I think it's it does some 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 refreshing stuff, and it changes the pace of things from it just being a kind of uh, retread of the original trilogy. Yeah, I really, really loved all the Luke uh, Ray stuff. I really, really enjoyed all the uh, the Poe Leia escaping the Star Destroyer stuff, and I, I think that storyline especially will kind of become more appreciated the older the film becomes. Um, yeah. I but I I really didn't enjoy the Finn stuff on the the casino planet. That that no, that felt the closest to the prequels as anything has yeah. in these new Star Wars films. Like that just all felt very again filler. Sure. And in fact, I think that's kind of one, one reason people say the film kind of feels messy is because I just think at some points there's too much stuff going on. Again, like like in Phantom Menace, if you've seen the the documentary where George Lucas is like, well, we're gonna have these four different things happening. We're over here. This is happening over here. This okay. Just keep mm. it, keep it simple. You know, The Force Awakens more or less has has one storyline. <laughs> you know, that just goes through it. Whereas this one kind of splits it up into these three different strands. And at some points, I just kind of felt like there was too much going on. Um, that if it just kept it to, you know, Luke and and Ray on on. Star Wars Island, and and then <laughs> you have the 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 Star Destroyer storyline that just those two could go you know in tandem. Whereas when all this other stuff happened, like why is Benicio del Toro in it doing a wacky voice? Like it all just felt very tacked on and added on. But everything else I really enjoyed, and uh, obviously without spoiling anything, the the puppet Yoda is one of the I knew jumped out of my chair. With glee. Well you, just, well, you just said that. You just said that. So yeah, well, it doesn't spoil the story that's, of it. That's a massive. Well, do you think? Right? Do you think a, a nerd who hasn't seen this film is going to be like, hmm, well, I'm not well, bothered by that." No, if you're an, if you're a nerd, you've seen it. Yeah, I am. I am only messing because it's like, if anyone, like, if you if you give a shit, you've seen it by now. Like, there's no way you haven't if you do. Um. So yeah, but yeah, I loved the Yoda scene. I feel like it was like specifically like it was walking back some of the problems of the prequels it was just like here's yoda saying some like like actual yoda stuff that he should say you know um and all yeah, that I yeah i didn't like it as much as used to i had bigger problems with it but there was a lot of good stuff as well yeah i, w- I, w- I will have to rewatch it um but I, I, I feel like it's something that I enjoyed a lot at the beginning, but it's, I think it's something I'll enjoy more the more I kind of get used to it. Because it, it does still ve- feel very kind of... Yeah, it threw me off a lot. Yeah, it, it's, it, was so, uh, it was so not what I expected it to be. It just 
it kind of trashed everything that was set up in the Force Awakens, and I was expecting just a, you know, follow up to the Force Awakens. That 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 and, was I was disappointed a little bit by that. And it but was, yeah. I I guess that's something that really will become clear how much of a problem or not it is when the next one comes out. You know, retrospectively. Yeah. Maybe they'll just walk everything back in a third one. Yeah, don't worry. They're getting J.J. Abrams Actually, in to fix it again. Actually, she is Obi-Wan Kenobi's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the films I watched. Over Krim. Fair enough. Now, Barry, I know you've seen a lot of films that I want to see that I haven't seen yet. So let me... Uh, yeah, let me, let me like yourself, I'm tracking back here. See, uh, one of the gifts I got was a Blu-ray uh, box set from my dear old Barry Mam. Uh, of the Planet of the Apes uh, reboot films. Um, obviously, that, that third one came out. I didn't even realize it was out on Blu-ray, but I guess it is. Uh, so I rewatched the first one, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. It's a really good film, really good starter to a trilogy. Uh, it, it, it's also, if, if, they, if it was a total flop and they never made the next two, I think it's a perfectly fine standalone little prequel. Um, I kind of forgot how it's just kind of there and kind of boring the human characters are like James Franco is just kind of, he's fine. He's up bad. He's just, but he's just kind of, you know, he's just, he's just nothing really. But the CGI is just tremendous. I mean, it really is really, really like the new, the new pinnacle of it. I feel so I really enjoyed that. And then I, I stuck on the second one, which was my first time seeing the second one. And it was like, wow, it's, it's a, a mind blowing step up, uh, uh, compared to the first one. I mean, it is like, it is like Empire to a New Hope. It really mm-hmm. is. It's it's like totally different. The one the one negative is that I feel like the, the human cast is like even less compelling and even more vanilla and background than than they were in the first film. Like I can't even as I'm saying this, I only watched a few days ago. I can't remember the you know the character's name, but that's because there's a huge emphasis on on like the politics within the the ape community, for lack of a better term. Uh, uh, and how they plan to deal with the humans. It was super compelling. It was really, really good. Um, so, so big giant thumbs up for those two films. And I, I can't wait to watch the third one. Um, if it's if it continues the trend of of those first two, I think I think this third one could sneak into my 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 favorite films of 2017. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to try and get that watched soon. Actually, so uh, so watch this space. Uh, other than that, I wa- me and Kira watched the Big Sick. Uh, which is um, uh, the the uh, how would you describe it? I guess it's kind of a romantic comedy. I I, I don't know if that's maybe a a somewhat uh, uh, reductive way of describing it, uh, but it's a uh, Kumail Nanjani. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, it's the kind of quasi true story of his life. He's like a frustrated Pakistani stand-up comedian in New York. He meets a girl, they fall in love, they have a fight. Uh, while they're while they are separated, she goes into a medically induced coma and it's kind of how he deals with it. And what I didn't realize from the trailers and stuff like that is that kind of the more kind of the meatier subtext of, of what it's about is it's more about how he he there's this huge subplot of how he deals with his family because he's kind of um 
uh, outcast because he's like the the oldest child they have who isn't yet married, and so they're trying to basically arrange mm. marriage for him. And so it's like he's trying to deal with this while also dealing with this this girl situation. They don't even know he he even met this girl because she's this like white American girl, and and they wouldn't approve. So there's that whole layer to it that's just super compelling. Um, and yeah, and, and then there's his relationship with the with the girl's parents. Uh, one of whom is Ray Romano. Hey, mom, mom, come to the hospital and see my daughter. What? What do you want? Uh, you know, so, um, but the big sick is really, really tremendous. It's really funny. It has a really great supporting cast. Uh, some, some great stand up comedians play his uh, stand up comedian buddies. Uh, Bo Burnham is in it, uh, a couple of other familiar faces. Really, really strong uh, uh, cast. Really funny, really heartfelt, really great ending. I really, really enjoyed that. That was one of my favorite films of the year for sure. Uh, so, so uh, add that to your list. Is that on your list, Paul? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, so that, that's that's worth the hype. Well, it's an, uh, I think it probably will be Oscar nominated. So it's one of the movies I'll watch. Over the next almost certainly, almost certainly. It it feels like it's it's almost it feels like it's almost very on the nose Oscar film, but it's it's deservingly so. Uh, I think it's really great. Uh, what else did I watch here over the break? I watched I watched Good Time, which is a sort of indie film starring Robert Pattinson. Another one I want to see. I don't think I've seen Robert Pattinson in anything except the original Twilight film. I'm trying to think of. He's in one of the Harry Potters. In the th- oh, that's the, well. Yeah, that's even that's before Twilight even. Mm. Um, uh, which I, I liked a bit the Harry Potter one. Obviously, like the first Twilight is like humorously bad, and and he has he has this unsavable role of just. I, I just I, I think I, I think it was on TV. That's why if you're wondering why I even saw it, it was on TV and I just left it on one day years ago. Liar. And it is that is it is the truth, sir. Um, uh, but it is just horrendous. Like I, I could, I don't, I, you couldn't even convince me to like hate watch the sequels. They are so bad. Uh, but Good Time, he basically plays a small time criminal who has a sort of uh, uh, a brother with like learning difficulties, uh, who he brings with him on a heist. The brother gets arrested, and then the film is set over the course of one night where he's basically trying to bail him out, get some uh, bail bond money to, to uh, uh, bail him out. It's a very, 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 very stylish, very gritty, very dark kind of crime film. It's not very spectacular. Like, it's kind of a thriller, but it's not... There's not a lot of action to it. Um, it's very cool. It's very... Um, as you might imagine from, from... As I've described, it's not a very happy-go-lucky film. I think it's something you maybe have to be in a particular kind of mood to watch. Uh, but it is it is very stylish, and his performance is incredible. It, I did not realize he had these uh, chops. I did not realize he had these acting chops, but he is absolutely fantastic in it. And also unrecognizable as well. He's playing a kind of a, like a, a scrawny, like you, you, you kind of think he probably is like on something uh, uh, like sort of junky, almost looking uh, character. And he is really, really fantastic. So that was great. That's a big thumbs up for that one. Yeah, I saw, uh, I saw him in a movie was... called The Rover a few years ago. He was very good in that as well. I believe he's going yeah, in Cosmopolis so, as well, but I haven't seen that one. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's a good time. That's worth seeing. Uh, and I saw a ghost story. 
which I had not even really heard of until very recently. I think it was, I just saw people talking about it kind of with regards to their year-end list and, and giving it a lot of praise for one of the better sort of smaller indie films of the year. Uh, a ghost story is very weird. It's basically about a young couple in a uh, house there, uh, you know, arguing about whether or not to move out. And finally, when the when the husband concedes that he that they should move out, he, he dies shortly after. Uh, and he becomes a ghost the visual of him as the ghost in the film is literally with a bed sheet over him with the eyes cut out like a like a children's Halloween costume. And uh, he sort of, and him basically going back to the house and observing his wife and uh, and her life after him. And uh, there's some interesting twists and, and complications on it beyond that. But I don't, I don't want to give too much away because it's, I think it's a great film to, to watch and experience for yourself. I didn't watch the trailer or anything for it. Of course, I watched the trailer after the fact. And I was very glad that, that I did it this, in that order because trailer shows a bit more than I would like. I would recommend people check this out uh, cold, if at all possible, because it goes to some interesting places. But it's really, really great. It is extremely slow, uh, especially early on. Uh, even even by the the by the standards of a sort of uh, drama, uh, you know, indie film about dealing with bereavement, it is it is slower than you might imagine. There's a there's a scene that's been talked about quite a bit uh, where uh, Rudy Mara, who is the wife, uh, shortly after he dies, she um, she her neighbor leaves her a pie and a note that says, oh, I hope you're okay. If you can give me a call, if you get a thing. And she takes the pie, and she sits on the kitchen floor, and she eats the whole pie. And she just, it's about five or six minutes long where she eats it at, while generally getting sadder and weeping, and literally cleans the plate just eating the pie, and it's one camera angle, it's one shot of her just eating the pie and, and getting progressively sadder. And I was like, What? What is going on? This is and and like obviously you know uh, the, the husband is like watching in the distance as a ghost and I was like this is extremely weird. Is this going to be what the film is? Uh, so it's I I would just say stick with it. It's actually not that long. It's about ninety minutes long, and uh, it was very very I was very very satisfied when I stuck it through. I thought it was a a, a really really great uh, uh, drama, really great film, sort of about loss and. and uh, obsession with places and, and 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 you know your homestead and stuff like that. So it's really good, really really good. Um, I think you I think you would like it quite a lot, Paul. Uh, so I'm sure it's it's on your list. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I think that was it. Good time, ghost story, big sick. Ooh, I think that's it. Talked about Star Wars. Yeah, looking through my uh, looking through my films here of 2017. Pretty pretty solid year, I think so far. Um, uh, all in all, but um, but yeah, so uh, so those are my uh, that's my movie guff for now. Hmm. Uh, um, I've, I've got a couple of new movies, uh, um, not new but new to me. Um, I saw Kong Skull Island yesterday, okay. Um, quite enjoyed it. It was, I thought it was going to be quite boring, uh, but po faced. Then it turns out it was actually very silly. Packed yeah. full of action and silliness, mm-hmm. so I did quite enjoy it. I didn't think it was a particularly great movie or anything, but yeah, fun enough. Probably more enjoyable than the last King Kong, uh, with you know Jack Black and all that. Oh, I like that one. Which was long and boring. Um, you, sir. Uh, another film I watched was Krampus, which I've been meaning to watch for since it came out. A yeah. um, little bit disappointed with it. I, you know, I really like the concept. A lot of 
good actors in it. Um, the execution, a eh, little bit, little bit boring. I found just, just the way, just the action kind of story. I didn't, I don't know. It didn't, didn't click with me. It's a shame because I really liked the sort of idea of it. But yeah, anyway, those are two new movies I saw. Oh, quite a few old movies. I watched Spotlight today for like the tenth time. Uh, that one's grown on me. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um. Yeah, that's about it. Then just loads of Christmas movies. I won't go into those because everyone's sick of Christmas by now. Fuck. Uh, yeah, that's my movies. Okay, that's movies. I guess uh, we can talk about um, our uh, awards guff. Um, so I, I have some other movies that I want to I want to power through before I uh, I, I want to put together a list of my favorite films. I got some other ones I want to see. Want to see Logan Lucky. Want to see Dunkirk. Uh, I want to watch Lady Bird, but it's not out here till February, mm. um, which is fucking right. ages uh, away. And I heard it's that's, great. That's next year's awards, then. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, I yeah. Well, I'm ca- I counted Moonlight as like a 2016 film. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I, I'm I also saw, by the way, I forgot one. I also saw the new Donald Hertzfeld movie. Um, mm. What's the name of it again? Fuck. Uh, World of Tomorrow, episode two. After the, he made a movie called a short movie called World Tomorrow, which is great, and that was very good as well. I, I forgot I actually did watch Dunkirk as well. Um, oh yeah, that was um, yes, quite quite an interesting movie. Dunkirk's very visually good. visually phenomenal. Um, really very different from any other kind of war movie you see, really, because it it's not the sort of typical story. Um. In terms of how it unfolds, the drama, I wasn't quite taken with the drama. Like when it, get, it gets to a certain point where it's supposed to be this kind of, I don't know, almost like punch in the air moment and I wasn't quite there. I don't know if I need to rewatch it and, and maybe having seen it, I can go in with the right expectations and, and follow the story. Because uh, it's also like, you know, as you'd expect from Nolan, it's not a kind of straightforward plot either. He kind of plays around with it. Uh, the, t- the timeline and how time works and things and it's but it's weird because yeah. it's very Nolan-y but at the same time it isn't in a weird way yeah um, Barry I guess will know what, what we mean by that when he sees it but yeah what should, I, did, I did like it though give it a thumbs up yeah okay um, so do we want to do our movies of the year um. Yeah, I've got I've got a, a a rough draft of my favorite films of the year here in front of me. Uh, these are all subject to change, you know. Uh, I mean, at a certain point, I stop caring. But but you know, um, <laughs> you know, maybe 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 Dunkirk will will overthrow my number one. Maybe Lady Bird will. But I I guarantee you, I'll have forgotten about top ten lists by February. You know, they go out of the mind until next December. Anyway. Uh, so I'll go first here. My uh, favorite movie of the year was Logan. Hmm. Logan, which I thought, which I thought was Logan Noir. Uh, I did get the Logan Blu-ray with the Noir version. So did, so did I. I. <laughs> I really want to watch that because I want to. I want to watch that film again anyway. But I, I, re- I think I'll watch that version when I stick it on. Um. Hmm. 
Uh, yeah, I fucking loved Logan. I thought it was an incredible film. I thought it was an incredible standalone film. thought it was an incredible entry into the X-Men series. thought it was uh, an incredible vision of what superhero films should be if they want to make 20 of them a year. I think some of them need to be this level of different. Um, God, I loved it. It was really fantastic. And I thought I think there's been some amazing films this year that I really loved. The other two in my top three right now are The Big Sick and Get Out, um, which I both loved. Um, but yeah, Logan was really, really tremendous. So that was my favorite of the year. What about you, lads? Uh, let me get my, my list up here. Um, I can, I, go I've go. got mine in my memory. I don't need a bloody list. Um, so I, I'd give, give out two honorable mentions. Uh, one would be to Edgar Wright's Baby Driver, which I yes. thought was a thoroughly enjoyable movie. Um, didn't like the final kind of act too much, but then I never do with Edgar Wright films. I think that's always <laughs> the weakest part of his films. Um, yeah, that was a great movie, fun, very different from everything everything that's been out there. Uh, speaking of different, another honourable mention to Thor Ragnarok, which I saw at the cinema and made me enjoy a Marvel franchise for the first time in quite a few years. Um, just a fun, silly movie. I think it could have gone even further in its silliness, but uh, yeah, still very, very big thumbs up. Uh, but my movie of the year, um, I haven't seen some of the more kind of prestigious stuff that, that we've been talking about, like uh, The Big Sick and Call Me By Your Name and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But what I saw, I'm going to give it to Get Out, which was a movie I enjoyed from start to finish. I thought it was very novel. I thought it was particularly scary but a well-told horror and also very funny and i love i like the characters a lot yeah and uh, great great actors in it as well so get out and uh 2017 film of the year right well, I'm, I'm looking at my top five here okay and I, admittedly i have moonlight at number two you could say that's a 2016 movie fair enough mm. uh number three get out number four logan so yeah. We're in the same, uh, same uh, wavelength as you. In fact, I think if you discount Moonlight, I've only given three 10 out of 10s this year. One of them was Get Out, one of them was Logan, and the other one is my favorite movie of the year. Uh, so my favorite movie of the year was uh, Mother by Darren Aronofsky. Mother! What? Uh, which is that, that weird, again, I think even more so than Last Jedi. Very polarizing film. Um Oh, definitely, yeah. Probably the most of the year, I would say. People either hated it or people loved it. I, I went in expecting to hate it. And I was actually very, very much blown away by how much I enjoyed it. Um, I give an honorable mention as well to Blade Runner, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, as well as Shin Godzilla. Uh, but yeah, Mother for me is, is the best one. Just that perfect kind of... I would say it is a horror movie. It's kind of like a... a, a a developing nightmare and it starts off so calmly and it's just bonkers by the end. It's so much fun. Um, and I know we don't give out awards for it, but uh, The Mummy was the worst film I saw this year. <laughs> At number 43, oh, uh, it sucked. Uh, the worst one I saw was probably that uh, Pirates sequel. Oh, I didn't even bother. Yeah, it's dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. 
don't know that I saw too many stinkers this year. Um, after after that, it would probably be like Justice League. Yeah. But uh, yeah, is that is it, we we we've got around the table, have we? Yep. yep. Alrighty. Uh, let me see here. So we can move on, I suppose, to a bit of telly golf. Has anyone been watching a bit of telly this week? I started watching uh, a new, well, an old series, but a new series, um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Okay. At, at the oh. best of of Natty, it's actually American Joe, not Japanese. So you can turn. I didn't your... say anything. <laughs> you made a noise. I went oh. Hmm. It's basically an anime, though. Because you said, because you said Bender. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, don't. Uh, Bender is a, is a good little word, no matter how PC the world gets. Anyway. Yeah. You big bender, yeah. Um, yeah, I started watching that. It's it's, it's alright. I wouldn't say it's up there Best with the... Best goddamn fucking series in the whole no, world. Sh- I'm doing the podcast, sweetie. She doesn't care no It's, um, it's alright. We're still very early in. What are we, 10 episodes in or something? I wouldn't have it up there with the, the Full Metal Alchemist or the Attack on Titans of the World, but it's alright. It's alright, the dialogue is a little bit simple, a little bit kiddy, but I quite like the kind of world it, it's created. Um, and I don't know anything else that I've started watching. I've kind of, I, I, I did have to sit down one evening and kind of have a look at my, my little Word documents with all the shows I watched and actually update it. Because, oh, yeah. um, like, God, we're watching like 10 shows that we... I haven't watched like an episode of death note in two months i've watched an episode of Grey's anatomy so i kind of kind of want to keep track of what we're watching um but yeah that's avatar last airbender is definitely the the new thing um and i am enjoying it i I, I don't want to sound too negative on it 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 is good um i am interested to see where it goes Uh, i will not be watching the m night Shyamalan adaptation though um because that apparently that sucks well, yeah. You guys watch anything interesting yourselves? Is that is that all your is that all your TV guff? Yeah, well, I I just been watching bits and pieces here and there. I watched the darts over the the Christmas period. Really? Good. With Rob Cross doing it in the final. Yeah, yeah, darts is fun. Darts is a good laugh. Fair enough. No. Uh, I have not been watching a whole load of TV. Uh, I finished Preacher, which I started 10 million years ago. Uh, really fantastic, as I mentioned a couple of times here. Uh, really found its voice, really enjoyed it. Uh, I finished The Punisher, which was great. Uh, and I think that's the only two shows I have uh, I've been watching lately. Haven't started anything new recently. Um, so yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing too major for me. What about you, Joe? Any any new TV shows you've been watching? Yes, I started watching a new sitcom that I thoroughly enjoyed called Workaholics. Uh, it's one that's been around for quite a while. It's about three guys that work in a like call center selling stuff, um, and it's it's bloody stupid and hilarious, and I love it. Um, so I got through three seasons over Christmas. Um, but then now TV took it down, which really fucking annoys me. I want to yeah. them. Yeah, they take things down pretty quickly and frequently, I've noticed. Honestly, up and down like a tart Snickers. Can't That's believe right. it. That's right. Um, 
Yeah, that's a really good show. I really like. I mean, it's stupid, but it's kind of funny in its stupidity. So I love that. Uh, and then I also started watching finally Stranger Things two. Oh shit! Stranger. Um, it's fine. Same sort of stuff in it. They run around doing eighties things, and then there's a monster or something. <laughs> I said that halfway through. That. It's fine. I'll finish it off. I don't know next week maybe. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, yeah, it's totally good for me. Alrighty, uh, do we want to do our CSP TV Awards of the Year, the real Golden Globes? Mm. All right. Uh, yeah, I have uh, watched a decent amount of TV this year. I posted on my website, thebarrylad.com. Oh, right a website. I have a website, that's right. I paid 30 quid for the domain. That's how much my name is worth, all right? Not to brag. Um, but I posted a top 10 list on there that you can read at your leisure. Uh, but I'll just give a, a shout-out to the best shows of the year. Number three. Number three and number two are maybe the most surprising shows of the year. Two Netflix exclusives. Number three, Big Mouth. Uh, which was the animated comedy about some uh, pubescent teens going through those difficult years. Genuinely belly laughed several times through it. Really, really mm. fantastic. Uh, number two was American Vandal, which I talked about on the show a lot. Uh, number one was the incomparable, one-of-a-kind Nathan for you, uh, which season four was this year. It was absolutely insane. It was insane up until the finale, and then the finale happened, and it was one of the most just absolutely bizarre, jaw-dropping two hours mm. of TV that I can recall. Just the absolute peak of the show. I mean, it was just everything that is Nathan for you in that finale. It was just outrageous. Mm. Uh, I fucking loved it. Uh, so yeah, those are my top three shows. Lots of great shows this year, though. Uh, like I, I wrote my top ten list, and I didn't even include the Game of the Thrones which I got caught up on this year, or Master or Master of None, which is also good. Like there was there was tons of great shows this year. Uh, so so yeah, good stuff. Mm, what about I, you, Len? What about I'm going to go the opposite way and say that I thought it was quite a weak year. Oh, <laughs> for TV shows. Ooh, um, just looking at Barry's top ten list to try and remind myself if there was anything that jumps out. But yeah, I, like Glow, for example, I was looking forward to that, but then I, I only watched a couple of episodes. Didn't yeah. really grab me at all. Um, I didn't bother with Punisher, for example. Yeah, uh, Rick and Morty was fine, but again, actually, I haven't watched the last couple of episodes. Mm. Uh, same with Big Mouth. Watched a couple because Michelle made me, but uh, <laughs> that, not something I'll probably sit down and watch. Uh, American Vandal, I haven't tried. Maybe I'd like that. I don't know. I think I think you'd like that quite a bit. Um, so yeah. Nathan, for you, I would give that uh, an honourable mention because, as you know, as Barry said, phenomenal jaw-dropping uh, finale to a, an amazing series. Um, but I'm going to give my award to an old favourite. It's Game of Thrones, which I thought had a strong year as it's come into an end. They really kind of went hard with a lot of the episodes. Uh, they weren't all perfect, but just so many amazing moments that yeah i'm gonna in, in what i thought was a weak year game of thrones was uh stood out and yeah i like i said I, this hasn't been my strongest year for watching tv it's been a lot more video game and movie centric 
But uh, the shows I watch, you know, South Park had a good year. Um, Rick and Morty, I think, have a, had a good year despite the essentially being discourse. ruined by the yeah by the discourse. Um, I, I, me and Kira were were in the shops there recently, and we were looking at a Rick and Morty hoodie in GameStop, and I was like. I hate that I feel like I could now not wear this. I could, I can, I can wear wrestling shirts more comfortably in in public because <laughs> the conversation around. Like I thought Rick and Morty this year. I thought it was a great season. I had it on on my little list. There. I still love Rick and uh, Morty. I love it. I still love it. I think it was a fantastic show and 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 all that. But like, oh my god, it was like the conversation around it was just the most insufferable thing ever. Um, yeah, so that that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, and I've of course been very critical of Game of Thrones over the last few years. That's not really a show that um, I think is that great. I've I've, I've kind of gotten on on about how it's 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 overrated and it's just it's EastEnders with blood and, and tits in it. Oh yeah. my goodness! Um, oh my goodness! But ten out of ten. But I think I think this year Game of Thrones had a, a probably the best season since season one or two, and uh, and Game of Thrones, believe it or not, is my TV show of the year as well. Really? Wow. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, what? I think that the best the best season in, f- in five or six years. Consensus. I think because it was shorter as well that it it felt less like it was just plodding along. It felt a lot more like mm. to the point, and as a result, Happy, was a lot yeah. more kind of exciting and and finally started yeah. paying off stuff yeah. that had been built up and built up and built up. It felt finally like that kind of release, you know. Mm. Well, it won't be winning this year because it's not back until next year, so. Lots of time for Barry to catch up. Won't be defending against title. Yeah. Okay, very good stuff. So before we move on to the video games, I think it's about time we check in with the the, the wrestling, the grappling awards. Yeah, oh, yeah I remember that. Um, so uh, yeah, so I was going to uh, just I, f- I forgot to do this for the previous awards. Uh, just just as a, a recap, uh, feud of the year last year. Me and Paul said the uh, final deletion stuff. Joe said Cena versus AJ. Uh, worst feud of the year. Uh, Paul said uh, Nikki Bella versus uh, Natalia. Uh, I said Seth Rollins versus Owens. And Joe said AJ versus Chris Jericho. Uh, for match of the year, which is our next category. Last year, Paul said Champa versus Gargano. Uh, Joe said Ibushi versus Cedric Alexander, both of which were Ooh. from the Cruiserweight Classic. And I said Ricochet versus Will Ospreay. I can't recall if it was the one we saw or the New Japan one. I'm sure they're, they're both good, though. Uh, so, yeah, those are, our, those are last year's winners. Uh, this year, I'm actually trying to remind myself of... Oh, yeah, because I, I did make a little list here privately. Uh, so... Match of the year, there was I saw we saw a lot of great wrestling, Paul. Me and you this year. Yeah. Uh, I think the WWE year was a bit weaker mm-hmm. uh, than say 2016, but there was still plenty of good stuff. So uh, uh, honorable mentions to Devlin versus Moose, which we saw in person, it was great. Uh, the January 4th Okada versus Omega match, the seven billion star match. Um, British Strong Style versus the Angel Cruisers, which was the Tyler Bate comedy match. Yeah, great. Uh, uh, the 16 carat final from last year, which convinced me to spend hundreds of quid to go to 16 carat this coming match. Um, yeah, tons, tons of great matches from all over the world. Uh, Ring Camp versus South Pacific Power Trip from Progress is another one I have on here. But my match of the year was Mr. Pete Dunn versus Mr. Tyler Bate from SummerSlam Weekend. 
the Ooh. NXT TakeOver on that on that SummerSlam weekend. I thought that match was absolutely incredible. And I thought the crowd were the right mix of excited for these guys, but also surprised at what they could do. Because it was one of those hardcore crowds that you can tell they knew the lads, but they weren't the, obviously they weren't you know the Brits who'd been watching them every single week. So there was that level of just absolute awe when Bait like did that dive over the top rope and all that other stuff. I loved all of their matches, but the atmosphere for that NXT Takeover one was just so huge. It was such a swelled atmosphere. Um, I really, really loved it. So, uh, so that is my match of the year. Uh, uh, and, and two of the, the most impressive wrestlers of the year involved. So, yeah, that was my match of the year. What about you, Mr. Paul Griffin? Uh, I also went for Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn, but I picked the one from the WWE UK Tournament Final. Ah, yes. Because the first time, you know, the first time is always the most exciting one, and, and there was the, <laughs> the belt on the line. So that was kind of my first real exposure to... To Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne, I kind of seen bits and pieces here, but I hadn't, I hadn't seen them at OTT yet at that stage. For example, I'd only been to the one OTT card, um, and yeah, mind blowingly good. So what about you, Joe? Joe, did they? I'm getting mixed up with the matches. So Barry, your one was at NXT Takeover SummerSlam, that one. Yeah. yeah. But did they have another match very recently in the last couple of months? They did on yeah, NXT. Did. Yeah. On NXT TV. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I actually even saw the t- that takeover one, so I need to watch that as well. Um, yeah, so my um, my match of the year, well, a couple of uh, honourable mentions. It's actually one honourable mention. Uh, Cena AJ at the Royal Rumble, which was ah, really, yes. really, really good match. I absolutely loved that match. Real big fight, Phil. Not, I'm not saying that in the way that WWE commentators say it for every match. It did actually have a big fight feel. Um, really, really good. Um, but yeah, but no surprise, my match of the year goes to Tyler Bay and Pete Dunn for hey. UK, UK Tournament Night 2. Okay. Um, which was, yeah, fantastic. So good. Just, ah, those two guys. Like I knew a lot about Pete Dunne, but I didn't know so much about Tyler uh, Bate before that. But yeah. yeah, God, both those guys were so so good, and it was a great, great event, great great uh, climax. So yeah, well done, lads. Good bunch of lads, vegans. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> <I> mean, to put <laughs> yeah. a match like that without eating any meat, Jesus, that's a... well, that's the first time in in eight years doing this that are we've given two two match of the years to two matches which contain the same people in them. Yeah, we could have gone for a third one, really. Yeah. <laughs> so Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne, both of them get a match of the year. So uh, worst match of the year last year, myself and Paul said Triple H versus Roman Reigns from WrestleMania. And uh, Joe from the same show said Undertaker versus Shane McMahon. Yeah. Um, so, you know, WrestleMania, obviously, last year was not great. Uh, or 2016 wasn't great. 2017 was better, I thought. But I think there, I think there are some nominees from from that show, uh, including honorable mention for me, The Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. Um, I don't just, think that. I don't think that was that bad. To be fair, I thought it was rubbish. Yeah, I thought it was, it was fine. Rubbish. It was fine. Uh, let me think. What else was there? Um, what else were some bad matches we saw uh, this year? Um, no, I can't think of any. I can't think. Of, I can think of some bad performances I saw this year, but uh, 
Anyway, my my worst match of the year would be the Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton WrestleMania match with the uh, projections on the ring and the stupid finish and everything about it was farcical. And it's extra farcical because it was a title match. That's what really makes it stick out for me is that that was for the foremost championship in WWE. That was that match. Uh, so, yeah, that that's my winner. Uh, again, another actually, funnily enough, no, there is actually another honorable mention from that WrestleMania, which was the Triple H uh, Seth Rollins match, which I hated. I forgot that even happened. Yeah, I forgot it as well, but it's because I was thinking about WrestleMania with my answer. I was like, oh, that match was the pits. Uh, so, so yeah, but but Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton from WrestleMania is my answer. The the House of Horrors one is also horrendous, but like I bear, I struggle to even really call it a match. So, yeah. uh, so, so that's why the WrestleMania one gets the nod from me. What about you, lads? Um, well, my worst match of the year is actually an OTT match. Ooh. I give my, my WWE worst match of the year is wow. the, the Punjabi prison, Randy Orton. Didn't oh, my God, yeah. But um, the worst match I saw this year was, I think it's the last defense of the OTT women's title. It was the, the match that effectively put the nail in the coffin of that whole thing. Uh, Lana Austin versus Session Martina oh, in, in yeah. a horrendous uh, 20 minutes or whatever it felt like. Um, I, I don't, and I don't even think it was like, I think it was like slightly over 10, I think it was. <laughs> it felt like half an hour. Uh, honorable mention to uh, Veda Scott, Session Martina, which also was terrible. Um, yeah. Not a good year for women addressing in OTT. Well, maybe OTT, not Not yeah. fair to say not a good year because earlier on in the year, there was some really good stuff. There was a great tag match with like Chris Wolf and Kaylee Ray and blah, blah, blah. But those last two defenses, um, yikes. That's my worst match. Yeah. yeah, it was rough. It was definitely rough. And and, and it was like the, the Lana Austin one was just like, it, it, the, the action wasn't good. But there was also, it was just like, oh, this, it feels like a match structure from like 17 years ago. Um, yeah, mm. no, I can, I think that's a, a very fair uh, nomination. What about you, Joe? I'm uh, just going to correct you on something, Barry, uh, before go I get into it. That, that Pete Dunn Tyler Bate match was at uh, NXT TakeOver Chicago. Oh, May, not at SummerSlam. Because I that's did see that one and I was confused because I wasn't, I didn't watch it. Anyway, yeah. That was a great match. Anyway, just for the record, because someone will email in, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hope someone got fired for that blunder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my worst match of the year, I think it's pretty much most the second half of WrestleMania. <laughs> that those are all my honourable mentions for <laughs> worst worst match of the year. It was actually quite a decent card up to that point, I thought, yeah. and it just went off a cliff. So Rollins, you know, Rollins Triple H. Uh, Roman Reigns Undertaker in the main event which was turkey but yeah I'm also going to give it to Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton for that uh, the match with the old um, PowerPoint projections on the mat it was a terrible feud and then just such a shitty match and I really don't like Bray Wyatt and I don't like the fact that the Royal Rumble winner was in such a shit match and the WWE champion was in such a shit match oh yeah giant giant shit stain Okay, uh, so that's that's a, a solid collection of matches there. 
uh, that we have discussed. Uh, so as we can get back to our guffs right now, uh, Paul, you mentioned that you've played a lot of video games over the break. Why don't you talk to us about them games right now on this podcast? Well, Ben Murphy, I, uh, I did finally start Super Mario Odyssey. Mm. Uh, finished it 100%. So I got all whatever number of moons. Maybe I won't say how many there are if people don't know that. Uh, um, there's a lot of them. Um, got all the moons, all the costumes, all the purple coins. 100% Jeez. finished. Jeez. 50 to 55 hours it took. Um, that's kind of all I did over Christmas was had the Switch out. I was playing Mario constantly. Uh, what a game. What a wonderful game. Um, yeah. 10 out of 10. Easy. One of the best one of the best platform games ever made, I would say, without hyperbole. Um, and since then, I've started a, a game on, on PlayStation. I got for Christmas uh, a voucher from um, Natty's dad, a PlayStation Network voucher, which is a great present for me, to be fair. Um, so I bought with that a game that otherwise I don't think I would have necessarily kind of turned my head to, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Yes, very good. Uh, I am probably about 10 hours in it's it's great i'm it's really great isn't it? it's great it's 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 feels kind of it has elements of of obviously horizon and it has a few elements of the witcher 3 too i want to say as well and um yeah a, a really really nice surprise um i think going straight from mario odyssey to assassin's creed uh the the controls did feel like weirdly heavy and clunky but that that's probably just coming off the the fluidity of the controls of mario which is just one of the best controlling games that, again i've ever played so initially the controls had this real kind of leaden weight to them and everything kind of felt clunky and weird but as you get used to it like two hours in three hours in it's not a problem anymore um so really really enjoying that i just i'm just after cleaning out um alexandria doing the kind of the main quest there so i don't know where i'm going next but uh yeah i find myself like compelled to like do everything like anytime i find the location i have to like kill the captains or find the treasures like i have to finish every little mini location in the way that i would with like zelda where yeah you find the place okay do everything there so um if the game wasn't that good i probably wouldn't feel so compelled to kind of do all that yeah but I, I do, and I'm really, really enjoying it. it. The the combat is super satisfying. I, I do love when you go to a location and there's like 30 like soldiers and you have to kind of plot your way around. And like I do like to go into a place and pick everyone off one by one. I won't just sneak yeah. in and get the treasure and get out. I'll go in and like, okay, well, this guy's over here. I can get him with like an arrow. Then I'll jump down and get this guy. It's so, so good. So, so fun. Yeah, very, very pleasant surprise there how they turned around. I, I jumped back into it there last night, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is good stuff. Yeah. Um, how yeah. are you getting along with Odyssey, by the way? I have not really come back to it at all. Oh, um, what a shame. That game is uh, so good. I, I loved it. I absolutely adored it. And I did I did put some time into the post-game stuff. I think I'm hovering around 500 moons. Yeah. But I, I, I don't feel the... I just don't feel like I can really go back to it. Not that I... Not, that's wrong. Not that I can't go back to it. Um, the, but the, is I, the poll so just much, not there, maybe? The, the, the poll isn't there. And I think what I kind of realized was when I went back to some of those worlds, I was like, mm, 
I don't like some of these worlds as much as like I like the Sand Kingdom is a fantastic. Well, and Sand Kingdom and Metro great. Kingdom are probably two of the best ones. Oh, New Donk City is just it is uh, it is a wonderful level to explore in terms of just how fun it is, but also like the design of it, the way you navigate around. I do agree with you though. I, I wasn't a huge fan of like the Luncheon Kingdom or. That yeah, like, and I wanted to like to that one, but like it's just it's the look of it. Just I know it's it's very colorful, and I like that aspect of it. But mm, some of the, the way some of the stuff looks in there, um, uh, just doesn't sit right with me. The Lake Kingdom's kind of generic, and and I just, and when you when you're playing through it first, I mean that is one of the best, for lack of a better term, campaigns, quote unquote. The first time you play Mario Odyssey from beginning through to the Bowser fight, it is a never-ending chain of feel-good moments in terms of, here's this weird little gameplay mechanic, here's this new enemy to control who plays really fun, here's this new song, here's this new moment, here's this new outfit. It's just, you're constantly being bombarded with fun stuff, and the gameplay is fantastic, it feels phenomenal, it's so smooth, everything's great, everything's satisfying, you're, you're, there's a smile on your face the whole way through, and then once, once you go back... I noticed this with Wolfenstein as well. It's like once you go back and you don't you don't have that dangling carrot of like a new outfit or a new scenario or a new setting. It's just kind of like oh, it it, it plays really well, but yeah, I don't really like this level that much, and I don't really like that level this much, and uh, yeah. So I I certainly won't be one hundred percenting it, but it's wow. it's tremendous. I mean, it's it's yeah. really fantastic, and I think I think I will pick it up every now and then. Well, the the kind but, of the thing for me though is with with Assassin's Creed and with games like that, I do have to sit in front of the TV and play it. Where with Mario. Again, the darts was on downstairs. I could just go down with my Switch, you know, and kind of half watch and half play, um, which is kind of what kept me. And I did. I was addicted to it, to be honest. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll definitely probably pick it up every now and then and and play a little bit of it, but I, I won't be marathoning it. But it's, I mean, it's phenomenal, and it and it it the hype paid off. I mean, God, I was so happy playing that in the in the small hours. Uh, when I when it first came out, so uh, so yeah, it's great that Mario is back, and what a year for the Switch! I mean, this is probably a good point to talk about just how phenomenal it's been. It's currently, at least in Japan, outpacing the Wii, the original Wii, <laughs> which um, is mad, which is madness. Uh, it's great. I'm ecstatic that it's selling so well because I because that just means more and more people are going to put stuff on it and put stuff on it soon. Um, so so yeah, absolutely, absolutely loving it. Um, so yeah. Uh, and anything else you wanted to, to make mention of? No, they're, they're, they're obviously Mario I played for like 50, 55 straight hours and Assassin's Creed I'm 10 hours in. So that's kind of all I've been playing uh, lately. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I, I've i also played Assassin's Creed. Uh, I played a game uh, that came out for Switch. It's also out on iPhone uh, called mm. Gora Goa. Have you seen this? No. This is a puzzle game. And basically, the screen is divided into four panels. It's animated, very beautiful animated uh, uh, puzzle game. And basically, you're trying to, uh, like, the four panels will be different images, but you can sort of tap certain aspects of, of the image to zoom in, and it'll cause, say, you know, the image on the left to line up with the image on the right, allowing a character to move from one panel of the comic oh. to another, if yeah. you get me. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to explain. It's, it's it's very much about perspective. 
And another thing you can do is if one of the panels is of a character, say, sitting by a windowsill, Hmm. uh, you can rearrange the panels around the screen, obviously, to allow characters and objects to move across them. But sometimes you'll go to move that panel and you you won't lift the whole image. You'll lift the character and the frame of the window out. And then the image that's in the windowsill will remain. So you basically made it into two tiles. Hmm. Uh, and, and then the image that's sort of that's through the window is its own tile. Again, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's very, very satisfying. Beautifully animated, very tricky, uh, very satisfying. I'm, I'm giving it a break in a moment because I, I had one of those experiences where I was like banging my head against it, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this down for like a day and come back to it tomorrow uh, and see how I do. But it's it's I think it's probably best on a smartphone if anyone has iOS. It might be worth playing there. It's also, of course, more expensive on the Switch, but uh, I like it as a Switch game as How well. How much is it on the Switch? I think it's like 12 quid. I think it's a fiver. On, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's not expensive at all, it, but I hear it is only like two hours long. Um, but it's it's very satisfying, very tricky, and uh, very beautifully animated. Hmm. Um, so that's that's a solid recommendation uh, on that one. Uh, went back to Zelda. Yeah? I think, yeah, it's, it's solid. Uh, went back to Zelda. Um, uh I got Divine Beast number three, the bird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am continuing to chip away at that. Uh, Zelda, I've, you know, I've mentioned this already. Zelda is very much a thing I'm just happy to kind of just have and, and pick up and, and drop in and out of it frequently. Um, yeah, so so making steady progress on that. I think in the coming weeks I might actually finish it. Um, How far into play- Assassin's Creed are you, by the way? I am actually not that much further ahead of you. Mm-hmm. So I was about where you are last night, and then I, uh, you know, but then when I came back to it last night, I, I did a couple of story missions. And so I think I'm going to the next area post-Alexandra. Okay. okay. Alexandria, rather. Um, so I'm, uh, you know, about 12-ish, 13-ish hours in. Um, yeah, stories, stories amping up a little bit. I've unlocked some very cool skills. I think that's part of why, like yourself, I'm doing all the side quests I can do. Because I've, I found all, all the upgrades are good. I feel like every time I upgrade something, I'm like, yes, yeah, this is useful. I've gotten a good ability here. Um, uh, so I, I'm, I'm like yourself, I'm taking a lot of time to do the side quests and I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, I'm about seven or eight hours into the evil within two, which I mentioned, I think before Christmas, again, very surprising, very good as someone who thought the first game was kind of lame. Uh, it's, it's a near watchdogs two level Mm. improvement slash delivering on the promise of the original thing. Um, which is high praise because obviously, you know, I think we both really liked watchdogs two. Absolutely. Um, relative to the very dry original uh evil within 2 if you like resident evil 4 if you like last of us if you like that breed of survival horror with a bit of shooting in it um it is fantastic it really is great um so there's that uh, and i and i'm still playing pyre as well which i talked about on the show so i've, I've basically just been playing all of those over christmas which i think is why i didn't finish any of them because i'm kind of double i'm, I'm dipping into various things at various times um, I also got the Jackbox Party Pack 3. Um, do you play much Jackbox, Paul? No. No? Never played it. Never played it. Okay, well, I think, it's, I think it's really good. I think, I think uh, you know, it's good for, it might be good for family get-togethers or, or, or stuff like that. It's very accessible, but I got the third one. There's four in total, but the uh, third one's very good. But yeah, uh, loads of great games out, obviously, at the moment. Um, so, so, yeah, and I finished SteamWorld Dig 2, which was great. So, yeah, lots of games being played over Christmas. Do you want to do uh, a Game of the Year mm. um, uh, thing? Uh, again, I'm, I'm working through some stuff before I kind of write up my official list. But I think I know what my, my favorite Game of the Year is going to be. Um, so, for me personally, my Game of the Year 
um, is Yakuza Zero, mm. which is a dramatic, bizarre, hilarious game that has stuck with me pretty pretty decisively uh, since I finished it. Uh, I got I got. Uh, you know, it's a franchise that's been around forever that I never really got or understood, even though I did try to play one of them once. But Zero just totally pulled me in. It's so compelling. It's so fun. It's so silly. It's it's uh, all the mechanics work. It's got ten million mini games, slot racing mini games. You know, nightclub management. It's just it's just so many things, and it's so great at a lot of them. Um, I was really compelled by it, and I, I they put recently put out a remake of Yakuza One. I bought that. Uh, Yakuza 6 is coming out in a few weeks. I can't wait to get that. They've they've made me a fan of the franchise. I just thought it was absolutely tremendous. Um, so so yeah, that's that's my that's my game of the year. Uh, what about yourself? Oh, like you, I played so many games this year. This has definitely been kind of my biggest gaming year in ten years or something like that. Um, honorable mentions: Horizon Zero Dawn, obviously brilliant. Yes. Uh, South Park: Fractured But Whole. Super enjoyed that. Um, however, it comes down to three games, which I don't kind of rate games the same way I do movies, but if if I were to, I would say that there were maybe only three games I gave a 10 out of 10 this year. Um, two of them on Switch. You might know what they are. <laughs> and then one on oh. PS4. Um, so honorable mention to what remains of Edith Finch, which is my favorite PS4 game of the year. Um, wonderful, wonderful game. So so inventive, so clever, so good. Uh, special honorary mention to Super Mario Odyssey, which I beat one hundred percent and enjoyed every single second of it. But game of the year by a country mile is Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild uh, for re- reinventing games <laughs> and. Uh, and bringing me back to my childhood for the first time in, in 20 years. Perfect nice. game. Perfect game. And perfect for Zelda fans as well. I def- I, it, it is a game that I definitely feel like like long-time Zelda fans will, will enjoy. Just the, the, no pun intended, but the, the breath of fresh air that that game is. Because the, 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 the Zelda formula was getting very stale. So it's nice to have a, a reinvention that worked so successfully, you know. Joe, so yeah, what's your favorite video yeah. game? Well, as this is when I normally, because I don't really play video games that much, I normally give the award to some kind of silly mobile game. Or yeah, last some, year you gave the game to Learn to Fly Three. Learn to Fly Three. I'm sure we all remember that classic. Um, so a bit of an up down video games. I've actually retired from WWE Supercard. Um, oh, me, yeah, I didn't even last as long as you did, unfortunately. I I was ser- I was a serious player, and then one day I was just like, oh, I've had enough. And they they started a new season. And I was like, no, nah, that's enough. Yeah, so I, when season two it, stopped, yeah. I, I tapped. I um, so I deleted the app, uh, left my team, did a tearful retirement. Uh, thank oh. those guys for all the. Did you leave your hat, work, hat and coat in the ring? I left me. <laughs> yeah, I left uh, left me boots in the ring there. Um, so that that's an update. In terms of my games of the year, I did actually play one proper game this year, which was uh, Doom, oh. and I really really loved it. Really enjoyed it. So it was a fantastic game. Um, so that wins my game of the year um, almost by default. But I'm also going to give out. I'm actually going to give out joint awards. So I'm also going to give out a silly uh, app game award 
which goes to uh, Egg Inc., um, which is a game I've been playing since the start of the year, which is like a cookie clicker style um, game. Oh, okay. Except you run uh, chicken farms. Um, it's done really, really well. I've basically been playing it nonstop for <laughs> getting close to a year now. Um, and I've told lots of other people about it. Michelle plays it, or at least when she's got me to play it for her, she plays it anyway. Um, yeah, it's a really fun game. So Doom and Egg Inc. Check Joe, those out, guys. When you retired from Supercard and you left your yep. your hat and your coat in the ring, did yep. one of your, your Supercard opponents come out the next night and say, this is my card now? Um, I certainly hope so. But to be honest, I don't care. I'm on a beach, mate, somewhere. Not too worried. <laughs> I'm telling my toes. The, they're the ones on the road every night, grinding for you know the next level of cards. Sting versus Angle versus Anderson. Oh, that reminds me of something. Over Christmas, I saw an advert for the WWE game. Yeah. And the two people that had in it were Sting and Kane. <laughs> yeah, I know the one. 2017. You've got Sting and Kane in the video game, but Jesus Christ. Anyway, that's games. Hmm. Yeah, so that's games. Great year, obviously. Um, uh, still working my way through some stuff, but um, yeah. So uh, what should we do next? I'm going to take a break from awards and do an uh, email or two. Okay. Sure, I have, I have an email open here, so if, if you want me to go ahead. Go for it. Uh, Stevie Boy Binkle sends through his uh, a couple of his awards. Ooh! And the Bink says, "Happy New Happy New Year, lads!" Uh, His best match of the year: Okada versus Suzuki. Don't know. Is that like are they vacuum cleaner brands? I don't know. What does that mean? Oh, Um, fucking racist, Paul! (laughs) All the big old racist. Best wrestler Naito. Who, by the way, Barry, like yourself, I watched uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12 live the other day. So, Oh, yeah. Got you there. Uh, Naito, who, of course, main evented uh, with Okada in a a very exciting but very long match that didn't, <laughs> like The Last Jedi, had a bit too much going on in it to make any real sense. Um, <laughs> worst wrestler of the year, Dolph Ziggler. Ooh. Uh, best movie, Spider-Man Homecoming. He says, I only saw three movies this year because of school. Fair enough. That's a good one, though. It is. It, very good movie. Uh, worst movie, The Bye Bye Man. Uh, Why was that one of the movies he saw? Oh, my God. The Bye Bye Man. He says, but the director was real nice when I talked shit about her movie on Twitter, so she's okay. <laughs> uh, best decision by West Ham. Hiring David Moyes. What? The team still has major flaws, like only getting three shots on goal against Spurs on Thursday, but they look more energized and will probably avoid relegation. <laughs> I don't know if they, if they avoid relegation, that would be anything to do with being energized. Um, worst decision by West Ham, that mess with Payet. Maybe not a decision per se, but that wasn't handled well. Oh yeah, remember Dimitri Payet? He was good. Yeah. Hope you had all had a great holidays, and hopefully I'll remember to email more in 2018. Well, thank you very much, Steve, um, for your email. That's all I got. 
Okay, I have some emails here. Go for it. Uh, let me go back to the earliest one. I think that'd be the best thing to do. Again, email from Enrique here. It says, hey, hey guys, not sure if you've answered this type of question before, but I'm generally curious to see if you guys have any particular dream matches uh, you'd really like to have uh, seen. Participants could be dead or alive, uh, or you can use from any era. Like, I would love to have seen both HBK versus Eddie Guerrero from 97, as well as in the early 2000s, and two-time Slammy Award-winning era Owen Hart versus Team Hell No era Daniel Bryan, eagerly awaiting your reply. Thanks for the show, as always. Peace. Thank you very much, Enrique. Hope you had a good holiday season. Dream matches. Uh, let me see. Well, my here. dream match for many years was John Cena Undertaker. In fact, I predicted it would happen last year at WrestleMania. Then it did. Yeah, which, which, which has escaped you yet again. It's a shame. John Cena Undertaker WrestleMania match always seemed like an obvious thing to happen, especially when the streak was active. Well, he put John Cena against never happened for whatever reason so silly the worst one is that one year where like Cena fought Rusev and Undertaker fought Bray Wyatt could you not have done Cena fucking Undertaker that year yeah Yeah, I was there I was there for god's sake (laughs) fuck fuck you Vince you son of a bitch Uh, I would like to see let me see here uh, Ray Mysterio at his peak versus Braun Strowman. <laughs> you have a great match. Yeah. I thought you were going to say uh, AJ Styles against Ray Mysterio. Uh, uh, that also that's actually, yeah, that was one of my dream matches for ages. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Pete Dunn versus Daniel Bryan. Ooh, um, that would be. I think uh, you could a lot of matches with Pete Dunn. Yeah, I was going to say this might not fall into the category of dream match. Uh, per se, but I think Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan would have a hell of a match. I was just thinking, what's a match I'd like to see Oni, Oni Lorcan in? Because I forgot to mention Lorcan versus Drew McIntyre was also a sleeper hit match of the year contender from NXT this year. Uh, yeah, Lorcan is fucking fantastic. Um, uh, Pete Dunne, Oni Lorcan, that's a good one. Uh, let me see here. P- actually, Pete Dunne, John Cena would be an incredible match. Uh let me see. Sean Michaels versus The Rock was obviously it's obviously a much talked about match that mm. never never happened. Sean versus AJ. Sean versus AJ, of course. Um uh yeah. I think I think those are some of the some of the what, main ones. Austin Paul. is it any any wrestler dead or alive, is it? Yeah. Okay, I'll go Dolph Ziggler dead versus Roman Reigns dead. <laughs> ah! Um, no, but really, I think Bret Hart versus Kurt Angle. That would be my two of my top three wrestlers of all time. Yeah. Uh, and Daniel Bryan versus Kurt Angle as well, which I guess yeah. in theory could happen, but not sure I'd want to see it now. Yeah. What? Yeah. Who knows what that would uh, that would even be like? Um, uh, oh, Oni Larkin versus Minoru Suzuki. I love how much Oni Lorcan is getting into our dream matches. Yeah, he's great. great. Just him versus Suzuki in the meanest match of all time. That'd be good. Uh, But uh, that would be great. Yeah, that's good. Thanks very much, uh, Enrique, for that mail. Hopefully, some of those matches come to fruition. Like maybe Lorcan can go to a company that does something with him and he can wrestle some people. (laughs) Uh, Question here from Scott. He says. 
with Dalton Castle winning the ROH world title, which happened while we were uh, away, I believe. Uh, do you think the title change had anything to do with Cody and the Young Bucks deciding to promote their own show to prove Melty wrong? I think Dalton has figured everything it takes to be a star, uh, and I figured he would be the champ eventually, but the timing just seems a little weird. Yeah, the, I don't follow ROH, but I, I thought that timing seemed weird. I don't know if it's that reason. I'm sure ROH are probably on board with the idea of Cody doing his own show. Um, uh, I think I think what helps Cody helps them, so I think that's fine. But I yeah, I certainly think the timing was a bit off because it seems like Cody is like the hottest thing on the scene right now. But um, but yeah, certainly interesting. Uh, he says I'd like to see if you and Joe can guess the answer to the question only Paul can give us. The, que- the question is: Do you think that Paul still throws change in the bin, or has Matty put an end to that? Interesting. Uh, I am going to say I don't know about you, Joe, but I'm going to say yes, he does. I'm I'm going to say it stopped when he start started having to pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, oh, fuck. I think he actually went around all the bins that he'd thrown change in and got it back out. In fact. I dug through them, yeah, especially when, when, when Marty Skrull wasn't playing ball at the merch table. He was like, all right, hang on now. I got to go, yeah. go digging through the bins here. What say you, Paul? Um, It's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, I would say. Um, I No, I don't throw change away anymore. However, if I'm at work and I'm at the vending machine getting out a little a little drinky poo or whatever, and I'm going through my my, my wallet of coins, and I, I find a one cent or a two cent coin, I will take it out and just put it up on top of the vending machine. So I don't mm, carry it around anymore. So there's a little bit of it still going on, but not really. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, and Scott says, Merry Christmas and a happy new year to you and Kira and the rest of your family. Scott, thank you very much, Scott. Hope you had a safe and happy Christmas and a prosperous new year and all that jazz. Uh, one more mail here from Rashina. She says, hi, Barry, and the rest of the Chair Shock crew. This is a question for all of you. If WWE were to go out of business this year, 2018, what line of work do you think the McMahon family, except Shane, would be in? And do you think they'd be successful at it? The same question goes for the current main roster. Which of them do you think would be fine outside of wrestling, and which do you think they'd be doing as a career? Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Rashina. Well... Uh, I think, uh, let me see here, Stephanie would probably become one of those like inexplicably rich people who you cannot tell what she actually does. She... <laughs> no, she'd be, a t- just... she'd be a Tommy Lawrence style. Oh, no. Fox News anchor. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't do think. I. I, th- I think she cares too much about her public image to do something like that. I think she would uh, write books on what it means to be an icon in women's business. Um, I think she would do public appearances and and uh, uh, seminars and go to conventions. Not not shitty wrestling conventions like business conventions yeah. mm-hmm. and give speeches and like never do any actual work other than appearing publicly as Stephanie McMahon and writing things and using her name that she's Stephanie McMahon to to succeed as uh, uh, Vince I think they would finally have an excuse to put him in a home now Vince would, <laughs> Vince would run the newly launched XFL no, well, yeah, and then a week later when that was dead... He's in the they, home. <laughs> they, they'd set up a little... They'd go to the, 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 the finest 
home in all of Connecticut, and they they draw they get their the biggest cardboard box they can find, and they draw some screens on it, and just get some little uh, fake wire and sellotape it to a headset, and sellotape the other side of the box, and they sit up there and go. Here's your new wrestling promotion you run. Watch the monitor now. Yell at them. Tell them they're doing it wrong. And he'd be like, ah, yes, thank you. Um, and they'd, they'd keep him happy like that. Uh, Triple H, I mean, he's a wheeler dealer. He'd very much be, you could remake Only Fools and Horses with Triple H selling things out of the back of his van. He'd be the new West Ham manager. <laughs> yeah, he'd buy, actually, you know what? Yeah, he, he, he would use the last of his money to buy a football club, I think, um, uh, in the UK. Um, uh, let me think. Uh, who would do well? Oh, this is a great. This is a great WWE Network series. Uh, wrestlers doing real jobs. Um, um, let me see. Uh, uh, Baron Corbin would be a uh, uh, bike maintenance guy, uh, like on Discovery <laughs> Channel. I, um, I could see him working as like a cook in a shitty diner. <laughs> Um, uh, right, right next to Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt flipping burgers. Yeah. Um, um, so there's that. Uh, Becky Lynch could like. I think she could probably get into MMA. Uh, with she has that connection, she's going out with an MMA man. Yeah. Um, let me see here. John Cena can go do his movies. That's fine. Uh, Undertaker can go back to the funeral home business. Um, you know if he's not there. <laughs> Um, and what else we got here? AJ Styles. I feel like he could like join the Briscoes on a chicken farm or something somewhere. <laughs> um, you know, that's 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 for that's... a minister maybe. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Although he was never known for his promos, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so there's some ideas, uh, uh, Rashida. If you've got any of your old folks, you can send them in. Uh, Chairshoppodcast.com. Go to the little email button. And send us your uh, your answers there. What about you, Joe? You got any emails this week? I do not. Oh, no emails for Joe. Fair enough. Uh, so, jump back into the awards here. Let's work through some wrestling awards because we've got quite a few of them. Uh, let me see here. We got gimmick and worst gimmick of the year. Uh, last year we were universal for best gimmick. We said Matt Hardy, broken Matt Hardy. Uh, worst gimmick of the year. Paul said babyface Seth Rollins. Uh, I said make Darren Young great again, and Joe said Roman Reigns. So lads, this is a tough one. I was I'm actually not really sure on this one. Uh, gimmick of the year. What say you, Paul? Oh yeah, well this certainly in WWE land hasn't been a great year for the the really obviously great gimmicks. Um, yeah. I was when I was trying to think of this. Uh, there, there's an OTT one that came to mind immediately, but in terms of WWE, you know, Braun Strowman maybe. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of him and hot. My my WWE gimmick of the year is heel Sami Zayn, who I think has been doing great stuff since he turned uh, at Hell in the Cell. But uh, gimmick of the year in in all the wrestling I've consumed is Bobby George Jr. and Tony Idol. Yes, very who, good. Who together are a great act. Separate, not so much. But uh, no. but when you have the whole act up and going, nothing gets a crowd on their feet easier than than Tony Idol and Bobby George Jr. Uh, yeah, I like them very much. Had had them as an uh, an, an honorable mention. Uh, thought they were they were really great. Um, yeah, WWE. I mean, I feel like there's there's, there's something I'm forgetting. I mean, Sami Zayn's a great one. That's a great um, 
pick. Uh, I like the Usos. You know, I think I like their Usos is a good a good call as well. Yeah, I like their swagger. You know, they've got a they've got a sense of style about them that's really great. Uh, so that's that's a, that's a good one. Braun Strowman again, kind of just just a a classic wrestling monster. Uh, good stuff. But my uh, uh, my gimmick of the year was uh, Jordan Devlin, the import killer. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think that's a uh, oh I, I like I like the 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 home star being built up as the guy who beats all the imports. I think that's a very cool gimmick, and obviously it paid off dividends. They they made a a big star out of him with that. So that was uh, really really great. Good, and obviously we, we followed the progress of that along as it happened. So uh, shout out to that. Uh, what about Joe? Joe, you got any any gimmick of the year selections? I I do. My um, gimmick of the year was uh, quite straightforward. Um, one of my favorite new wrestlers uh, discovered in the women's tournament uh, it is of course Kyrie Sane the ah, mad, yes. mad pirate lady um, who comes out with the old um, oh, what do you call that thing the, the, the steering wheel mm-hmm. yes uh, and just bloody brilliant the music the gimmick the everything about it I love it I love her she's amazing <laughs> She is great. She's very cute. Yeah. She is. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, good. Solid picks there. I like the pirate thing. Um, yeah, worst gimmick of the year. Uh, this one, again, was tough. Um, uh, I personally went for an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> went with Bray Wyatt. Um, I feel like every all the worst aspects of him were accentuated this year. Um, yeah. Uh, and I just had zero time for it. So, yeah. How about you, Paul? Well, Bray Wyatt's a bloody good pick. Um, <laughs> I didn't go with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt is you know, suspiciously absent from all of my worst awards, whereas you guys more or less are unanimous. Um, I didn't go for Bray Wyatt. Um, I went for somebody else who, who this other person was also very close to being on my worst moment of the year list, but just, just missed out on that one. My worst gimmick of the year, uh, is Jason Jordan is Kurt Angle's son. Ah, very good. Very good. Yeah. Um, Yes. Yes. Look up floundering in the dictionary. (laughs) And you see this stupid angle. No pun intended. Yes. Yeah, Jason Jordan, probably the most miscast wrestler in years. I will, I will say that I watched, I watched more Raw over Christmas, and I do think they're bringing it back a little bit because they're turning him heel with the the, the sort of entitled geek. Mm. Uh, well, this character. is this is the thing. It's still open to becoming Redemption. good, but in 2017. Oh yeah, yeah, is is, is the worst gimmick of the year for me. Like uh, yeah, Last I, Jedi, I, yeah. we'll see how the third one turns out before yeah. we really start to judge it. I, I think they're steering into it in a fun way, um, but yeah, certainly I, I was ju- it was fairly unbearable early on. Uh, what about you, Joe? Any picks? Uh, yeah, <laughs> my uh, worst gimmick of the year is uh, Dave Meltzer's Twitter. Oh, <laughs> no! Oh, no, he didn't! God damn it! Yeah, fucking... Inter- I'm still following him for some reason, but he's just yeah, I've, interminable. I've, I've yeah, just, I've definitely been thinking about smashing that unfollow. Button. I unfollowed him Con- a long time ago. Just constant bickering about irrelevant nonsense, and uh, uh, 
so obnoxious as well. I don't think there's, there's, there's been idiots. a better poster child for you only answer idiots. Yeah. Is that, that is actually true with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also the fact that I'm just looking at the top-rated matches of the year. He gave out over five stars on four different occasions to uh, yeah. New Japan matches. Come on, Dave. It was funny the first couple of times. but <laughs> It's funny because I watched Wrestle Kingdom, as Barry did, and coming out of the show, my feeling was there's nothing on that card that was five stars. I don't know. Has his, yeah. Have his rating come out yet for that show? I don't know. But... Uh, no. For the record, by the way, I... I, I... Uh, just to be clear, I didn't watch that live. I was in work. Oh, I watched. Okay, hmm. but I was, I was, I was still, I was still doing some banging numbers by just watching the gifts and passing. Oh, okay. Well, I, 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 I watched the the full show live, and there was, there was not, yeah. nothing five stars in that show. Best match was I, uh, Omega Jericho, and I, that was kind of messy. I didn't get the vibe that he was going to go five on anything. Well, so I, I, we'll I, see. I, I don't think there will be a shitstorm um, this year. Um, yeah i want to i want to watch those top matches but i've also i'm also um i subscribed i resubscribed to wxw's service for in preparation Mm. for 16 carats so gonna be watching a bit more wrestling in these in these weeks but i'll try and squeeze it in well omega omega jericho was the best match uh it was very very good and uh also suzuki goto was really good um the main event was was kind of a mess and was too long um but yeah no, nothing that again. Not to bring up the uh, the point that it gets brought up again and again and again and again. Nothing on the level of of Shawn Michaels Undertaker for WrestleMania. So. Mm. We'll see how when he goes on it. That's a good pick uh, though for worst gimmick of the year. Um, very, very yeah, good. Yeah, I, I I appreciate that. That's solid. Um, let's stick with the um, let's stick with the wrestling awards here for a little bit because as I say we've got quite a few of them. Uh, card of the year. I won't do last year's stuff because we're we're you know we're going a bit long here. So, uh, card of the year. Um, I had um, for this one. I I I didn't really like any WWE cards top to bottom. I think they had some great matches, but not a uh, not a lot of uh, blowaway shows. Takeovers this year were like super easy to watch, super digestible, and usually at least had one or two great matches, but not not top to bottom. Uh, so I went for an OTT pick. I went for Space Odyssey. Out of Space Odyssey, three Stranger Things have happened. That was uh, Moose versus Devlin, uh, Chris Wolf, and uh, what was it? Chris Wolf and what was it? I can't remember what that match was. Uh, anyway, it was uh, uh, Matt Riddle versus. Um, it was Chris Wolf, Kaylee Ray, Session Matt Martinez, and, and the other Irish one. What's her name? Yeah, I, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember which combination who was on what team, uh, but that was that. That was extra talented. Remember them? They were fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, in in that opener, uh, Matt Riddle versus Ryan Smile, uh, the British Strong Style versus Angel Cruisers match. That was just that was so much fun. That whole that was just top to bottom an eclectic, hilarious, action packed card. Absolutely loved it. One of my most, one of the most fun experiences. I, and I, I was standing for that match, which usually makes me very grumpy. I would say, aside from the kind of botched finish of the main event, it was like a perfect show. Yes, yeah, that was unfortunate. Um, I also but, went Outer Space Odyssey as my card of the year, by the way. And I, I yeah, I, and it's like I don't think that main event was as good as some of the other match, other main events they've had. But like as as a card, that is just a, that was an incredible night. Uh, and obviously we had that 
like the most surprising, the most overachieving match maybe of all time, Moose versus Jordan Devlin. Yeah. Um, uh, just came out of nowhere and made me a fan of Moose. Um, really tremendous stuff, yeah. I so, went for, um, in terms of WWE. I went to Royal Rumble because I thought it was a great, great show. It was it Reigns, Owens on that show, and AJ Styles Cena. Yes. Two great. Matches. Yes, those both great. Yeah, and the Rumble I thought was okay last yeah, year. So that was Sorry. the that was the best WWE show for me. Uh, what about you, Joe? Any card of the year standouts for you? Um, I mean, I only saw about five. <laughs> so out of those, out of those five, uh, UK tournament night two, excellent. Um, which featured obviously my match of the year and was overall not just the matches. There were a lot of good matches, but the whole presentation and having, you know, uh, I was going to say Desmond Wolf. I don't know why that name sprung to mind, but <laughs> Nigel, having Nigel McGuinness on, on commentary was great. And the, the, the um, location was absolutely fantastic. And the fans were great, obviously just brilliant night for WWE and for British wrestling and with great matches too. Okay. Uh, let me see here. Worst card of the year. Um, last year we were unanimous and said WrestleMania. Uh, this year, uh, I am going to go with uh, Battlegrounds, WWE Battlegrounds. Uh, that had the Punjabi Prison match. It had it had it did have a good Usos New Day match. That is true. Uh, but it had uh, the Nakamura Corbin. Um, Aaron Corbin DQ. That match was absolutely fucking abysmal. Uh, was there an Owens AJ? Oh, that was the Owens AJ botched finish. Yeah. Uh, which was that was. I mean, they their feud overall was bad, but like that was just the epitome of oh my god, this these guys are not having the 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 Baron Stormer of a program that that you would have hoped for. Um, yeah, that was a, an, an extremely, extremely, that was like a, the atypical bad WWE show. Um, uh, and and uh, yeah, we had uh, Natalia winning some women's match. I can't even remember this. It's some five-way match. I can't remember it at all. Cena, oh my God. Cena and Rusev in a flag match. Uh, where, where the rules was, you had to bring it up to the stage. Remember that? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Just 20 minutes of that. Sami Zayn beat Mike Kanellis in what I think was his, like one of his... Earliest matches, yeah, that was that show was abysmal. Uh, yeah, what about you, lads? Any picks? Uh, WWE Battleground. Okay, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all been said. <laughs> well, I didn't see Battleground, so I've just gone for WrestleMania again. Well, that's good for you because it was. Shot. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I thought one. WrestleMania, I thought was like a contender for like best and worst because it had a lot of good stuff. Half yeah. of it was good and half of it was bad. That, that second half just absolutely killed it. Yeah, so yeah, I think of the few shows I saw that had the most worst bad shit on it. The so first half killed it, and the second half killed it. Uh-oh. Oh! Uh, let me see here. So, uh, oh, here's a good one. I have, I'm interested to hear the picks on this one. The Chris Breaker flop of the year. 2017. Uh, there's a lot of choices here. Um, last year, Joe mentioned the Cruiserweight title and TJP. I think that was a good one. My my my, my 2017 honorable mentions include the Cruiserweight title. They include 205 Live. Um, uh, they include uh, the 205 Live Tour, which technically 2018, but that just got, uh, one of those shows just got cancelled. Um... Flop of the year would also include Jinder Mahal. That was one of my nominees for worst gimmick as well, was uh, Jinder Mahal as 
pushed main eventer for the Indian market, but they made him a heel who made India seem as an evil thing, and then they had to cancel one of their India shows. So that was that. So that's an honorable mention for him. Uh, I Last year, I picked Baron Corbin. I think he should get a flop of the year uh, uh, mention as well this year. Uh, but my overall flop of the year, it is with a heavy heart that I picked this. Uh, it is Bailey. Oh, who uh, has been a, a pretty much a constant disappointment. Uh, some of the worst kind of promos of the year uh, running in place. Hasn't had the memorable matches. Uh, and the, the ultimate thing, you don't want Bailey to feel like she felt like just another person on the roster, unfortunately. So um, very, very, very disappointed with Bailey. I think I think that's a good call. I think that's a good call. Because my hopes for her were so sky high. You know, I said infamously, maybe. I said she could be like a female John Cena. Oh. <laughs> Minus one on the predictions game. Yeah. Um, I didn't go for Bailey, though. I went for someone else. Um, okay. Uh, I think it's someone who actually we gave the Lex Luger total package of the year. Maybe in the last two or three years. Oh, Barry and Joe, imagine I told you at the start of the year that you would have at least two or three dream matches given to you this year. You would have Brock Lesnar against Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman, Brock Brock Lesnar AJ Styles. Your mouth would be watering at the prospect. What if I told you then only one of them would be any way decent? And the other two would suck. Yeah. Uh, flop of the year. WWE Universal Champion all year. Um, Brock Lesnar. Who can't be arsed anymore, obviously. I think, didn't I give him honorable mention last year, maybe? Well, I, I don't write down the honorable mentions. Oh. Just the... Write them down! Yeah, I think I'm mad because he, he was bad last year. I was like, yeah. It's been a long stretch of shit for Lesnar. Yeah, because um, I was so looking forward to Lesnar Joe. What a match that is! Brock Lesnar Samoa Joe. Terrible. Yeah, God, that was that was so disappointing. That match. Brock Lesnar Strowman, same thing. One F five. Off you go. Even the Goldberg matches, for what they were, were okay, but they're like three minutes long. Like Lesnar just is in that routine now, where he he only works six minutes, brother. Mm. AJ did okay to get. Like a, a a good match out of him, but even that wasn't like what you would get with a, a top level motivated Lesnar. So, yeah, Brock Lesnar, flop of the year. Yeah, um, that. I went with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, oh yes, just also. because of thinking back to how big a how much people loved him and how much of a star he was and what he was doing in New Japan. And then just what happened in WWE, it's just like, eh. I don't know if it's his fault or their fault, but it's just, yeah, it's not really worked. No, somewhere in between, I think. Because mm. they, they put him in they, that in a two, three month feud with Jinder where he lost every match. Yeah. Um, and now he's in this kind of weird dream team, tag team with Orton, I suppose, where they've just been doing that for like three months. Without any kind of real feud to it, so I don't know. I don't know why he's doing. Mm. Weird uh, for sure. Up next, we got moment of the year. Um, 
Ooh. Some great moments this year. Um, things have probably been comparable to last year, yeah. Um, I would say honorable mentions to Kyrie Zane winning the May Young Classic. Yeah. Uh, Moose throwing Devlin into the crowd in OTT. Um, oh, Paul, yeah, you were you were there for this. Uh, being in the Tivoli when they announced the national stadium for the first time. Yes. Uh, that was and with and when they revealed Kenny Omega would be there. Mm-hmm. Um, my moment of the year, though, was the revelation that Chris Jericho would be at the Tokyo Dome. Um, I legitimately out of left field, legitimately not something I ever expected. Cool presentation. Ooh. Also, an honorable mention to the the angle where Jericho beat the shit out of Omega, bloodied him up. Um. That whole thing was great, uh, yeah. And it, it, it at, at a time when the indies and new and and non WWE companies like like New Japan are gaining more and more steam, this felt like a a, a legitimate jump, quote unquote. Even though I, you know, I, I I don't think it's a it's a massive uh, defection or anything. It felt like in the moment it felt like that that, that was a, a significant changing of the tides, um, and it and it, it reinvigorated Jericho a little bit as well. So. Um, Love that moment, and I and, and I haven't seen the match yet, but I'm looking forward to checking it out. Um, yeah, that was my that was my favorite moment of the year. Hmm. Cool. What about you, Paul? I think there were two segments that WWE did this year um, that you could say were quote unquote perfect. Two perfect segments. Maybe not as good as Sheamus Randy Orton in the build up yeah. to SummerSlam 2010, but. Uh, I think there are two segments that were perfect, um, and I've gone for one of those. Honorable mention to the Festival of Friendship mm. with the list with the list of Kevin Owens on the back of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I was tempted to pick that. I think if Jericho, yeah. again, to nitpick, I think if Jericho had not kind of so obviously held it up like a panto, uh, if that was done with a little bit more subtly, I think that would have been maybe my moment of the year. Um... But my moment of the year might be a, a controversial one. Um, hmm. Having just beat The Undertaker in the main event of WrestleMania, Roman Reigns opened Raw the next night and came out and stood in the ring for about eight minutes and didn't say anything as the crowd just berated him. And he only said one line, which was, this is my yard now, which I referenced a little bit earlier on. And he left. And in fairness, it wasn't exactly followed up on with any great, you know, intrigue or anything. But for that moment, I thought that that segment was so perfectly done. He didn't have to say any more. He didn't have to say any less. He just came out and said that, and the crowd ah, went even madder. It was it was it was great. And for me, that was the the Ooh. peak of like creative for the year. Like that was the perfect follow up to the Undertaker's retirement. Is Roman Reigns doesn't come out and say, you know, oh, he was a great man. This is my yard now. <laughs> perfect drop the mic if only he had kind of then developed more kind of heelish tendencies i think that would have been perfect but as it was it was it was pretty my moment of the year is the uh return of the hardy boys at wrestlemania Oh, excellent. Which was, we kind of thought would happen, but it wasn't 100% sure, and then it did happen. It was it was fantastic, because God, I love those boys. I tell you um, what, 
if it weren't for the broke or the excuse me, the woken stuff earlier, I think he could have had Hardy's in flop the year as well. Yeah, that that's what I was gonna say. After that it was very disappointing that the thing just kinda they couldn't do the gimmick and they didn't really do anything at all, it was a bit of a nostalgia gimmick. They're and just the a, vanilla Hardy boys. Some un unforgettable sort of, yeah. Some forgettable matches and um yeah, but that moment was was absolutely brilliant. I remember how exciting it was doing a ladder Sorry. match, and yeah, it was it was great. It was really great. Yeah, some solid, some great picks there. I think we had a nice, uh, nice collection of moments. Uh, worst moment of the year. Um, trying to think. I I I know my winner. I'm just trying to think of maybe some other. Uh, some other contenders. Um, I'll just go straight into my winner, I guess, because I'm struggling to think of any other ones. Uh, oh, no, I actually I have a, an honorable mention here. Kane beating Balor the night after Balor beat AJ. Oh, Jinder uh, um, uh, going, Shinsuke, you all look the same. Um, that was great, obviously. Uh, uh, my worst moment of the year uh would have to be Stephanie McMahon announcing the Women's Royal Rumble. Um, and all the girls crying and hugging each other um, in just the most asinine, insulting means possible. Uh, super fed up of everything being about Stephanie. Super fed up of any time the women do something historic they have to talk about it on tv like i i just want these women to hate each other and in five years we can talk about how how historic it was that they had the first royal rumble i don't want them now to be obsessing about it do you know what i mean like i i don't know yeah. i hate the meta commentary whenever wwe does something with the women you know what i mean um yeah, yeah pat, pat themselves in the back before it's even happened you know oh you're so progressive stephanie like yeah. when they uh, when they announced the 1988 were a rumble and all the men cried and hugged. Thank <laughs> so, God, last. So uh, yeah, that's my worst moment of the year. What about you, lads? What are you? <laughs> so many to pick from. Um, I'm really on the fence between two. I I wrote one down, but I might even, I might even change my mind. I'm trying to think which which made me the most angry. Mm. I might even give have to give a joint a joint worst moment of the year here. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'll, I'll I'll go with as my worst moment of the year. Jinder Mahal is racist <laughs> would be my my top one. Um, we, we kind of already spoke about it earlier why that was like one of the most baffling, mind numbing decisions they made to do that. Mm. Um, but I would give as a, as a, a razor sharp close second. Um, Jason Jordan throws vegetables at Elias. Oh yes, yeah. Scott McAvoy won't be happy with me, but Jesus Christ, the, the dirt worst of Vince McMahon, like thinking this is what a smiling babyface does. He smiles and throws vegetables at a heel. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, throw that celery at him. Goddamn. I, I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it. But that was supposed to make you like um, Jason Jordan, I guess, as he stood there with a shopping trolley full of like lettuce. 
And he threw it at Elias. Oh, man. And he did it, they did it twice. Elias came out and sang again. Screw it. Oh, yeah. They did it twice in the same show. Wor- worst moment of the year is the vegetables. I'm going to delete Jinder Mahal. Oh, he's, he's done a switcheroo on air. Yeah, Jason Jordan throws veg at Elias twice. All right. Mm. Towner. Joe Towney Towner. Uh, Worst moment of the year was uh, Jinder Mahal, WWE champion. Even even worse than the racism, um, him holding the the WWE title. I didn't I didn't see it when I heard about it. I just thought, well, that's me done for the year, really. <laughs> okay. Um, not watching anything else. Yeah, it still sickens me a little bit. So there you go. There's our our worst. All Jinder Mahal is good for is asking for a banana from, and nothing else. <laughs> Yeah, as, yeah. as as we all remember, uh, do we want to do a tag team of the year? Is it really what necessary? an old reference that is? I just want to point out, by the way, that is not a racist joke. That is a very very old CSP episode from like three hundred episodes ago. Go back and listen to it and figure out what we're talking. It's about. a Simpsons reference as well. Anyway, yeah, uh, quickly yeah. do quickly do tag teams. Although I don't, we'll, we'll, we'll quickly do tag team. Uh, my tag team of the year is the Usos. What about you, Paul? Also the Usos. And, and also the Usos for me. That's our first uh, our first trio of picks that are all the same. Yeah. Our first consensus is the Usos are the best tag team of 2018. Uh, worst <laughs> tag team of the year. I don't really know if I have a pick. I, I mean, I last year Paul picked the Ascension. You know, I, I, could prob- I don't know if I necessarily... Uh, when I pick a, a team of jabronis. Although one thing I will say is that nothing disheartened me more. This could have been a contender for flop of the year. Actually, was the way Luke Harper was possibly on the ascent earlier in this year, and now he's in. Now he's back with with Rowan. Yeah. So I guess I guess for worst team, I'll go for the Bludgeon Brothers purely for for what they represent in terms of how they've handled Harper. I'd probably go with the Bludgeon yeah. Brothers. In terms of WWE, I think. A lot of the tag teams this year have kind of been elevated, like Usos, New Day, Breezango with Fashion Files, Gable and Benjamin, The Bar on on Raw. I feel like a lot of tag teams have kind of elevated the game. The only one in WWE that I feel like didn't, and they kind of broke them up, might have been as a result, was the Hype Bros. So my WWE pick is Hype Bros, but my overall worst tag team of the year is Two Unlimited from OTT. Oh, I was thinking of that, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, um, yep. that's unfortunate. I've I've written down here the Hammer Brothers because <laughs> I couldn't remember what the blood, <laughs> what the Bludgeon Brothers were called. But yeah, I went for them just based on the fact that I think Luke Harper's really good. Yeah, and the fact they got stuck in that throwback eighties team gimmick with Rowan is awful. Yeah, I think I've said it before, but like. A lot of SmackDown today has a real weird, like mid to late two thousands feel to it. Like I remember in, in they they introduced mm. like Jim and I and Simon Dean and a lot of these like weird gimmicks that don't really work. I feel like SmackDown has a lot of that going on now, like Brologian Brothers and Jinder Mahal yeah. and Yeah, it doesn't really fit. Anyway, two awards left, the two big ones. Two biggies. Uh, I think I think we'll we'll have to rename the next one. We, we will finally have to. Uh, we we said that last year, and I we know. never we just didn't bother. Uh, the never mind that shit. Here comes Mongo Mong of the Year. <laughs> we really 
We really have to rename that. We really have to. I we should, at the very least we need to call it the Mongo of the Year or something. We could we Just could have it the 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 Chris Jericho Stupid Idiot of the Year. So. I am. We'll go. We'll go. Chris Jericho Stupid Idiot of the Year award because Jericho has also been an idiot. We'll say he won it all those years he was drunk driving and punching women. Um, so, uh, oh, where do we start, lads? What a, what a what a year! What a season! Uh, of of stupid idiots, it's been. Uh, um, uh, we've got so many so many great options. Michael Elgin, among others, um, just dipshits uh, left, right, and center in, in the biz. Uh, but I'm going to go with someone that Joe picked last year. I'm going to go with Alberto Del Rio mm. uh, for his never ending, never ending buffoonery and 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 stupidity and no showing shows and just generally being a piece of shit. Um, so that's that's my pick. What about you, Paul? Um, like Joe had um, for worst gimmick of the year, Dave Melser's Twitter. I've kind of gone with a uh, stupid idiot of the year is more like a group than an individual. Uh, indie wrestling Twitter is uh, oh really stupid idiot of the year. You can include in that Mike Elgin, uh, mm. Will Osprey, Ryan Smiles. Oh, Will Osprey! Oh my God! Yeah. Um. I, I don't think there's been a year where so many people have put their foot in their mouth in real, like, obtuse stupid ways. Um, uh, all the people who went to bat for Bram. Uh, yeah. Most, uh, you know, I can't, I'm certain there's been some OTT, the official OTT Twitter has done some stupid shit this year, almost certainly. Cabray. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good one. That's a very, that's a very good one. Too, too uh, many to you? pick from, unfortunately. What about you, Joe Towner? Uh, I went for a predictable one and went for Jinder Mahal uh, for yeah. reasons previously stated. Uh, yeah, just the awful gimmick and sullying the WWE title. And also yeah. just like, oh, excuse me, get sleepy. Uh, going on Twitter and be like, hey, everyone, just so you know, I'm not on steroids. Uh, oh, just, okay. Yeah. It's just this thing he was, he was, he was saying for ages. Um uh, and that brings us to the Polar Opposite Award, which is the Lex Luger Total Package Award. The award for the best overall wrestler uh, in every facet of what makes a great wrestler. Uh, for me, this year, I think this is a tough one. Um, uh, I think I think there was... Uh, I think it's been a weird year in a lot of regards uh, for WWE. I think they've elevated some people, dropped some people down. They've muddied the waters a little bit in terms of main eventers. Uh, but I'm going to go for someone who I think has finally nailed their character in promos. It's been a, a bumpy road, but they got there eventually and has been very good in ring for years and continued to be very good this year. Uh, gotta go with Roman Reigns. <sighs> Wow! Uh, what? Yeah, yes, Roman Reigns. He speaks way better now than he did last year. Even I think he's always been pretty damn good in the ring, but this year in particular, I, you know, I don't think he has had as many blowaway matches as you know maybe you know, someone like Devlin. But I, I didn't want to pick you know just someone I've seen live loads. Um, I think he's been. I think he's been fantastic. I think he's gotten his character down this year. Uh, in, in a really commendable way, and I very much, I very much enjoyed him in my limited exposure to to Raw. So yeah, that's my pick. What about you, Paul? <sighs> I'm, I'm I'm struggling to recover from 
Here he this goes. is worse than when you picked Becky Lynch last year. Excuse Rebecca Lynch is such sorry. a fucking attention seeker. Jesus Excuse me. <laughs> I'm looking at also the list of last year. Why did you pick pick Dutch Mantel as idiot of the year last year? What was that about? Uh, that was when that was when he um, when Joe Cox got murdered. Oh, yeah. he was like, I thought they didn't have guns in England. Jesus. <laughs> um. Oh God. Um. <laughs> I'm not attention seeking. <laughs> uh, next Luger total package of the year. Um, he had the best match at WrestleMania with Shane McMahon. Somehow, he had the best Brock Lesnar match of the year. Somehow, and like Barry was saying about Roman Reigns, I kind of feel like he's finally got his promo to a point where he's all right. He's got a little catchphrase. Um, had a great had a great match with Finn Balor when he was called on emergency uh, emergency call. He came out and had the best match of that show. So for me, got to be uh, AJ Styles. Mm, good choice. Um, so I went for someone who had three uh, match of the year contenders with the same person. Um, ah, there we go. Um, however, this half of that tandem also has an absolutely phenomenal ring presence, um, which is why I, I plumped for him. Is Pete Dunne the cruiserweight? Yes, very good. That was a very very good pick. I was I was I was on the Pete Dunn train up until a few hours ago when I was thinking about this and I yeah just you know because the thing about Dunn as well is like God I mean his, his WWE stuff alone tells you how great he is but if you look on the Indies he's got such an eclectic mix of like mm. comedy and serious and tag and single he's done it all I mean him and Tyler Bate had a match where they wrestled as each other's gimmick. Oh yeah, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler came out with the belt and doing the bruiserweight stuff, and ah, oh, it was great. They, he's so versatile. He's really tremendous. Yeah, I, I just for some reason I just wanted to, I wanted to commend the the improvement in Reigns this year, but but Pete Dunne was my close second. Um, but yeah, I think I think that I think there's some strong awards we have uh, there. Uh, uh, I think year, Pete I think. Dunne for me will be a future uh, Lex Luger total package. And he definitely was the the MVP of some of the shows I went to this year. So we um we have to pick an overall winner. Oh yeah, we do. We have to give it to one, don't we? Well, geez, so, we we've got three very strong ones. Um, uh, do we have to pick one? Do we? Yeah, every yeah, we every year we do. We pick one podcast. Lex Luger total package of the year. Oh, okay. Well, I I would say Paul. Especially based on what we've seen live, you and I can certainly get on board with Pete Dunne, can't we? I can. I mean, I, w- I would definitely... I'm also happy to back AJ, though. That's the only thing. So I could... <laughs> See, I, I... It depends on who feels stronger, Pete on, uh, Barry on Pete or me on AJ. Mm. I'm, I feel stronger on Pete, I would say, because the thing about AJ is uh, I think he had a, a great second half of the year with the... Lesnar match and the um, the well, Finn in the match. first half he had the Cena match and the Shane match yeah and the main yeah. yeah but he also had like the Owens matches that were like uh, you know and the Jinder matches they're like uh, mm. well, like to be fair he had the best match of Jinder's career um, but Les- I, I Lesnar's only good I, match as well 
yeah, Lesnar's Lesnar's best match in, in ages. I mean, but like I will say that I thought 2016 was this incredible, explosive, one of the best debut years mm. of anyone. Uh, uh, let me uh, hang on. Let me have a look here. Uh, back to you, Becky Lynch. And, and, well, we're not talking about my pick last year. We're talking about this. <laughs> well, not as good as Becky Lynch, apparently, right? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, well, because AJ also had, like, the Jericho stuff last year that was bad. True. I mean, that's not my fault. Anyway, no. the point well, I'm J- making... Joe gave to AJ last year. The point yeah. I am making here is that I think Pete Dunne is a better pick because he has the bait matches and the other WWE UK stuff, Okay. He has the stuff we saw in OTT, including remember that handicap match in December. Well, he was he was he was the best performer of that show, and he almost entirely because of him. Uh, we had the super hilarious Angel Cruz six man tag. We had the all action um, Sammy Callahan Keith Lee tag. They had um, the Kings of the North match that you eventually got around to watching. Um, I don't know that I I would include all of his pretty strong style stuff though. Like I would like to see well, Peter, in, I would like to see him in, kind of branch out on his own a little bit. He was in it, mate. He was in it. He was in it, but I think I think he has a stronger resume than AJ. I M O. Mm, yeah, I mean, I th- I think that's fair, but I also I'd also like to see more of him. Full stop. You know, I've, I feel like I haven't seen that much Pete done this year. Um, it's true. But what we have seen, what we have seen was very excellent, bloody good. very bloody good. Um, how about just because this is so gridlocked, we go Roman Reigns? <laughs> yeah, no fucking way. Yes. No fucking way. Yes. No, it's. Um, I don't know, AJ or Pete, toss a coin. Alright, if you guys are if you guys are more in favor of AJ, I can get on board with Well that how AJ. about if, if you had to vote for someone who was not the person you picked, who would you vote for? I would vote for Pete. And I'd vote for Pete as well. This is like Bret Harlex Luger, Royal Rumble all over again. <laughs> they both get to wrestle Yokozuna. So you know. Yeah, so if we count it up that way, like if you if you count it like one point for your pick and one point for who out of the other two would you pick? Then Pete Dunne has the most points. Because both me and Barry would pick Pete Dunne if we didn't pick our own our own choice. So, right, right, right. I think Pete. Dunne. Okay, yeah. Just a Pete then. Yeah. Go. Pete Dunne, Lex Luger, total package of the year, twenty eighteen. Congrats, Pete. Keep it up. Yeah, well done, mate. Keep being a good wrestler. Yeah. Um, and that is going to do it for our 2017 awards. We talked some games, we talked some movies, talked some films, and we recapped some wrestling. Next week, we'll be back with your regularly scheduled uh, Chair Shop Podcast Fun. We'll talk about whatever happened in the news. We'll read your emails. We'll have movie guff, film guff, all that other guff, uh, wrestling news dissection of some variety, uh, and so on and so forth. So thank you very much for listening, folks. We hope you had a safe new year. Hope you're happy. Uh, 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 and all that jazz and we um, look forward to talking to you again throughout this year um, and yeah so um, do follow along at Pod and send us an email if you want to be part of the show and uh, we'll talk to you again next week so until then it is goodbye from me Barry Murphy it's goodbye from Paul Griffin goodbye and it's goodbye from Mr. Joe Towner goodbye
Goodbye.